and welcome to Flicks in the Six. This is our very special 200th episode anniversary special. I didn't reread <laughs> the copy before we got into the, <laughs> the that, That's pretty on brand. The special um, celebration <laughs> of the 200th episode, not on the 200th episode, several episodes after the 200th episode. <laughs> on, this, on this episode of The Triumphant Unites, <laughs> welcoming know. back to the show, co-founder and the biggest pinchu I know, Brian Rooney. Right. Say hello, Brian. Pleasure to be here, and I think this was actually never planned to really be the 200th episode, right? Wasn't it always going to be off by one? It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. But off by what three, four, uh, four? Who, who knows? Time. time All I know is this isn't a numbered Nobody episode. Knows. There's a box that I can check when I publish it that says, "Should this be numbered?" And I'm gonna say no, and it's just gonna be a special. So it's not gonna follow our normal format. Also joining me, or us, my PIC, the man, the myth, the fully charted, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. I swear I'm not on cocaine. <laughs> I'm- this special edition, we will gush over our shared love of preferred media before diving into our flick of the week, Uncharted. But first, Al, what are we drinking? But 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 first, was there context to cocaine? <laughs> well, I've been I've been fidgety. I've been sweating. Uh, I told you my face is on fire. None of those were symptoms of cocaine. Just one. <laughs> okay, Just fair enough. Making sure. Is it symptoms of C four? Oh, absolutely. Now, <laughs> is it C four on an empty stomach? No, it's on a full stomach. I finished dinner like half an hour ago. Um, oh, fascinating! No, it's it was just it's it was a it's like a brand new flavor, and it was um, the pre workout one, which I'm not about to work out for. So sure, totally necessary. But I had a can sitting around, wanted to try it. Yeah, gave you the skin the tinglies. I'm familiar yeah, also, with that. It's also like the one with the double the caffeine. So we should be good. I should not have any blue. Issues on this episode. <laughs> uh, when when you said like something about starting the C four, I'm like, I guess that's like code for we're gonna start soon. I didn't no, know what literally, it meant. No, I said I didn't say start. I said crack open the C four. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was a new code because it's been a while since I've done any podcast. Really, Fair just enough. before yeah. we get started doing our episodes, I'll just go outside and blow shit up. But she just gets <laughs> he's gotta like really get ready. <laughs> I take up actual C four, detonate it. Which gets the juices flowing in me via the adrenaline. It's the but not the cocaine juices. <laughs> not cocaine, just the adrenaline rushing got and it. blowing shit up. Um, it all makes sense now. I got it. No, there was a there was a run of episodes where I was nearly falling asleep, or in one or two cases, actually fell asleep. One of which was in the middle of a sentence I was delivering. Yeah. So I <laughs> it was started, impressive. But so I started drinking an energy drink right before we start recording because otherwise there is a 50-50 chance I fall asleep at some point during it. So, Did you ever reference how tired you were while podcasting? Because that is a very big pet peeve of Anthony's. It is. It is. He doesn't, though. Okay, good. I usually good. do it to you beforehand if I'm going to do it, but I usually don't do that. Also, it's because I've been drinking an energy drink for like the last eight months before it, so... Mm-hmm. But you know what the the, the the root of the pet peeve though is that these people are doing it for a living and like they're doing it at their work and they're complaining about how their work is so tiresome and I'm just like just I I'm here for the game news <laughs> like just also when I when I do it I just say I'm tired but I don't just do the low energy thing like I don't want to be here because I'm no tired. no no when I. When I was tired, uh, the episode might actually be better. He goes, he goes places. He like, enters a new plane of existence. Uh, it's happened once or twice. The plane is blue. For <laughs> all those wondering, the plane, 
the plane tends to be blue. <laughs> At least that one time. I, I think I need even... alcohol to keep this conversation going. So what are we drinking now? Oh, professional segue. Also, <laughs> I'm tired of this conversation. Um, <laughs> we're drinking. Uh, we want a special beer for this episode. So, of course, we went to Newburgh Brewing Company because that's what we love. Whose phone isn't muted. Um, it's all muted. This happens to me every time. <laughs> um, we're drinking something from Newburgh Brewing. Uh, we're drinking Orange County Boss. It's from the Boss series, which uh, faithful listeners of ours know that that's a collaboration series between other local-ish breweries that Newburgh uh, co-brews a beer, co-designs and brews a beer with them. This is from the farm brewery at Orange County Hops, which I mentioned on the show some time ago. I went out there. It's kind of a cool, quiet little place. It's the one where I said there was a TV show shooting there um, prior to my visiting there for the first time. Um, Spoiler alert, when I bought this, I drank it right away. And it is, I'm going to, spoiler alert, four thuckles. This beer is Whoa. so good. That's exciting. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, we got the uh, classic boss collaboration series, um, Can Art. We got the little robot guy with a pitchfork uh, on a farm. Missed opportunity to be the whole like husband and wife portrait thing. <laughs> it's true. They should have done the American Gothic with a, yeah, that's a, the a, one. Little, a little lady robot guy um, alongside him. Um, it's a juicy double IPA brewed with Orange County's newest brewery, 9% alcohol by volume, uh, proudly brewed and canned by Newburgh Brewing Company, Newburgh, New York. Um, so there's a little heart, and it says brewed with heart, and half that heart is a foamy mug of beer. I've never noticed that before. I know. This is quite a revelation to all of us. That's so cool. Brian, uh, this may or may not be your first time seeing a brewed with heart this logo. Yeah, this is one of my first times actually inspecting a can. Okay. Oh, no, we like to talk about can art. Anthony loves can art. Um, well, you know what? Well, it actually started off with, I felt like our beer conversations weren't that long, because it's like really a matter of what's it kind of taste like, and is it good or not? And then and sometimes so- there's something to read on it, and sometimes <laughs> like Anthony has like a beer fact that he'd like some more information on. So, That's true. Uh, those are our longer conversations of like four minutes sometimes. There's multiple yeah. beer hearts. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm sure, Brian, you've known Anthony uh, nearly as long as I have, and I'm sure you detected the sarcasm in his voice. This is a conversation about the logo that we've had 47 times. <laughs> <laughs> the first, the first like seven of them, though, I, I tricked Al into what I was talking about. He didn't know I was going to bring up the logo again. <laughs> so now sometimes I preempt him. <laughs> I appreciate it. I was on deck. I was ready for it. I was oh, actually I hoping that it's been long enough that you forgot, but uh, well, oh, not I'll forgot, never, but I'll never know. forget. <laughs> no, it's up to me whether I decide to preempt you or not. Sometimes I, I like to sure. still have the satisfaction. Uh, you guys want to cheer this and try it? I, uh, before we do, I've got a question for you. Um, before the nine percent influences my perception of this can art. Um, Bef- before the nine percent <laughs> comes rushing in and attacks yeah. the C four work. That that robot. Uh, is he working with five fingers on the right hand and four on the left? That does seem to be the case. Cool. Well, Just check him. Also, his hand on the right seems to be very robotic and mechanical, and the hand on the left seems very humanoid. It's, it's kind of flimsy. Yeah. Anyway, I'm excited. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, wait, Cheers. I don't have something. Here we go. Let's try this. See if this works. Nope. I, uh, I have my whiskey thing here. Ah, there you go. Oh, a little ice? A little ice action? That's how Brian drinks his beer. Huh! 
Did not bury the lead. <laughs> That's a, that is a fourth knuckle beer. <laughs> <laughs> I I knew that I wasn't going to be like tainting the water too much because I felt that confidence. This is one of my favorite beers I've ever drank. That is, um, it's got a very thick mouthfeel, and it's like super like smooth and juicy. Thick mouthfeel, but not like heavy. Like no, oh, like the palate where it feels like oh god, I'm gonna need to like take a like a nap after drinking this one beer. Like fluffy. It's weird. Brian? I like it. Someone needs to explain to me what makes this different from any other IPA. Oh, God. You got to drink a lot of them. You know. <laughs> no, like seriously, like it's not, I get that sentiment, right? Like so early here, on here. in my beer drinking career, I didn't care for any of this stuff. But so, so here's, as time here's went on. one of the big things I, I would think that Anthony would probably agree with me. Um, bursting like floral palette right off the bat. Like... <laughs> I, I don't like these <laughs> the, the resigned look and sigh that came out of Brian when I said that. <laughs> um, well, actually, let's start even at the beginning before that. If you just waft this beer, it smells delightful. It smells like you just like jammed your face into hops, like, but like in a good way. That super dank floral smell gives way to then the super floral taste. Very bitter. <laughs> which it should be, but perfectly balanced with the malt. The bitterness is not run away. There's enough residual sweetness in the back end, which you're going to get from the 9% alcohol, that those two things are in, in perfect balance. So it has a very clean finish. You don't get that like drying feel on your mouth afterwards, nor the super runaway fruity and sweet flavor either. It, it's just a perfectly balanced IP. As all things should be. Yes. I now, I, I'm not going to use the word appreciate because that's, absolutely not like not true but i do like ipas now i used to hate them now i'm like all right they all taste the same but they're not bad Eventually, you you're on your way then you're yeah, on your you way to noticing it, differences <laughs> i just gave i gave anthony a beer because my beer was delivered today thank you very much anthony i gave you're him welcome. a beer which is uh i mean i had it for the first time like two months ago i think that's up there one of my top beers it's really good i don't remember what it was <laughs> I was gonna say you can say what the beer is. Turns out he actually can't. Nope. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> to be continued. That's amazing. Uh, I do agree with Alan of four thuckles for this one. Um, Bri, where are you at vis-a-vis the thuckles? I mean, I'll just go with you guys because if I can't, if you give me this or a random IPA, I'm like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, but okay. Well, what would that be to you? Because I don't think you're going to be giving it two full thumbs up. No, I'm not, but... Yeah, so what do you got? Give you a, I would drink another one. You would drink... <laughs> I think that's two thuckles. I think that's a double thuckle. Nice. Sure. Well, like, I... It, and when I'm done with this one, if you're like, you want another one, I'm not going to say no. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I don't have another one to drive over yeah, to you. You. De- you delivered one. I mean, I, I uh, gave you two cans. That's true. Al gave me two cans. I gave you one can. Well, I appreciate that. If I give one of the cans you gave me to Al, then we can do another one of these episodes. <laughs> Tell them, well, fuck, I appreciate them. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, okay. So I've been excited to do this episode with you guys. It's been uh, a while since we've sat together and done any sort of episode. But mm-hmm. we're changing things up a little bit. and. Uh, 
from past episodes, people know about me and Al. They know about Brian. They know the things that we like and love. Like I'm super into movies. Al is super into movies and TV. Brian is super into video games. Uh, and I think we each kind of lend in one of those three spots as like our primary. Uh, me being movies, Al's being TV, and Brian's being the oh, game. It's, it's nice because we all super love all three of them. But That's there's right. definitely like Brian definitely wins on the video game front. You definitely win on the movie front. I definitely win. There's a non-zero chance Brian's playing a video game right now. <laughs> like, it wouldn't be that. <laughs> well, he's definitely downloading one right now. <laughs> but yeah, it's a perfect Venn diagram. He is. There he goes. And there's his, his Steam Deck. Wonderful. Um, but what I wanted to get into is like, uh, so a lot of people have heard from us our opinions on movies and TV and games, but not like the, like, our favorites and whys. So like, that's what I wanted to kind of start off with. And I'm also kind of curious how you guys will answer. Cause I, it took me a little bit thinking about for me, the why and the when, and I finally nailed it. And I think that I have probably spoken about it on the show before at various times. Um, but for example, why are movies my favorite out of all of this stuff that we could do and spend our time with and be entertained with why movies? I don't know specifically what it is that makes them this way, but they're the only thing that I can actually sit down and fully relax and consume. I With TV, I get into it, but I like think about other things. I might bounce off for a second. I might check my phone. I might do something. Um, I get a little bit bored with TV occasionally. Um, with video games, I it's, it's way more active for me. Like I'm just like, I'm not relaxed. Yeah, 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 but I'm like on the edge of my seat. I'm like really involved. I am like awake. Like I'm, I'm playing with movies. I kind of zone out and I just go somewhere else. And I like really feel captivated by what's on screen, especially with like a super high quality film that we'll get into in, in a little while. But that is the reason why it's movies for me. And I'm trying to think back to when this happened. Like when did it like come cl- like? I feel like I could, as far back as I can remember, I've loved sitting down and watching a movie. I'll watch multiple movies in a row. I don't care. I just love watching them. So I'm trying to think back of where this all started. And it goes so far back that it was like the first like movie I remember being like hooked on and like watching every little thing that was happening. I was far too young to be watching it. Uh, but it was Terminator 2, which is a great movie to like enter into this <laughs> arena also, with a devastating movie for a child. Devastating. Yeah, absolutely. You have, to, you have to come to grips with the nuclear apocalypse mm. <laughs> at a very young age. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fair. Um, <laughs> but but it, I don't know what it like. I mean, that movie, we all know it's a great movie. Every, like, I feel like it's, it's an easy one. Uh, what's a, what's a random, what's a great movie. One of the greatest of all time that you could just watch holds up is so much fun to watch super well executed it's terminator 2 it's awesome and i remember being so captivated by it for a few reasons one like trying to figure out what was going on specifically because i had never seen the first one and <laughs> just like it, it it holds its own which is great but like it's it's exciting and there it's crazy and outlandish and the things that are happening are like super sci-fi but like grounded in our reality it's just it blew me away. And from that moment on, 
movies that touch on that type of thing, like grounded, like outlandish, but like grounded in our current time, those always kind of, they just hit a sweet spot for me. And I love that. And I just, I can, like I said before, I could just get lost in a movie. And I remember being obsessive over that movie and asking my dad questions about it and trying to understand what was going on. And eventually finding out that there is a, like, that I could see the original one that leads up to this and why Sarah was so concerned when he arrived the first time. And it just, it was just so amazing. Um, and that was years. I mean, like I'm, I'm single digits age. So that's, I said too young to have seen it, but it's stayed with me and I've loved the movie ever since. And I do think that that was the movie that like really, drove me to loving movies overall. And on top of that, uh, friends of the show will know about us. What is it? Select a video, which was the hmm. video store. That was a few stores down from the pizzeria growing up where you would trade pizza for movies. And which is the greatest <laughs> deal of all time, in my opinion. And I later with other trades, which I don't know if we should say on podcast, but it continued once video stores were gone. <laughs> I broke Anthony. <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully, whatever you're refer- referencing, the statute of limitations is uh, up on that. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah. So, but anyway, having having that access to pretty much all of these movies is another reason why I think that it became such a big thing for me. It was like I, I was just had this library at my disposal, and um, I've never looked back. It's always just been movies. For that. clarification, I wasn't talking about sexual favors. <laughs> to clarify, you weren't. Um, <laughs> also, did, Terminator Two. Yeah, that that was in the nineties, right? That was early nineties, yeah. or was that late eighties? Early nineties. Ninety-two, I want to say. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes, sir. I mean, I mean, we're in front of a computer and have phones. We could, I could have checked. You could have, no, but no. I prefer it this way. Well, but. I prefer it this way too, actually, because you can tell you both you're wrong. It's apparently ninety-one. 91? I don't believe that. I mean, apparently. I feel like it was 92. I feel like I was so confident in 92. So was I. I, I wasn't. You would. You could have told me it was 89 or 96. I would be like, okay. What, um, when during, do you know when during the year it came out? Do you have that up still? I, I mean, you're asking for a lot here. I, yeah. just, I just see, I see 1991. That's all I really see here. Fair. Uh, Fair. I don't know where IMDb likes to tell me the full release. July third, nineteen ninety one. All I had to oh. do was was oh, talk wow. enough, and I'd find it. I like that. That's a good way to do it. Uh, yeah. So right there in the middle. That's great. Uh, yeah, love love it. But did you you all have uh, you all seen the movie? Do you have, recall seeing it that early? Um, I definitely saw it early, but I did see the first one first. Oh, okay. still too early. I sure. don't know for a fact when, like, which of them I saw first. I know I must I, have I, seen them fairly close together, and I was probably like eight ish. Yeah, I probably watched this for the first time with you. That's that's fair. It's <laughs> a bad influence, <laughs> or a good one. Well, considering I also saw Awesome Powers for the first time when I was like seven or eight years old. Also with you, definitely. Oh, really? <laughs> that one. That one was. My sister was obsessed with that movie. That's uh, definitely not a movie that, if my parents had seen it ahead of time, they would have let me watch at that time. Sure. <laughs> I was also just about to judge my parents and 
say like what great choices they made because they brought me to the theaters to see Terminator Three. That came out way later than I thought it did, and I was, it was like I was old enough. I yeah, they they also did take me to theater to see Lethal Weapon Four, which there's no oh. no world that was good. Same Lethal Weapon Four. I think we're early teens. No, uh, we were ten. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad choice. I what I first I love that movie too. Um, I adore the scene on the boat in the beginning <laughs> when they're trying to tell Leo where where whatever it is is with nautical terms, and he's just not having it. That is amazing. And then the other thing is, uh, uh, what's it? Chris Rock dialing. The long distance call. <laughs> Those two things stick with me for some reason, and I don't know why, but they. <laughs> for, for I spent it's... most of my formative years nose to nose with the family beagle. <laughs> I don't remember that movie super well. It's been a long time. I've, I know I've seen it multiple times, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. Uh, the couple of scenes that stick out to me from that one is them the laughing gas scene with Uncle Benny when he's at the dentist office. Yes. Yeah. Um, Jet Li getting an iron rod jammed through him. And oh, right. Oh, yeah, and then picking him up and throwing him by it while he's still fighting. Also firing an AK-47 under the water. Um, mm-hmm. All of those things from the, that final sequence. Um, <laughs> you willed me, man! <laughs> <laughs> um, that's really all that I actually remember from I remember Jet Li pulling a Matrix before the Matrix. Yeah, he does a, he straight up dodges one bullet, right? He's just like, <laughs> yeah. throws his shoulder back really And then fast. it goes like through his brother. Oh, right. Yeah. There's a very over-dramatized scene of him grabbing his brother. <laughs> and then what I never forget is when uh, Mel Gibson puts his shoulder back in place, like, sure. into the concrete, like, wall. Is that in that one? I think it's in like all. It's of them, in all of them. Oh, okay, so I, I feel like I remember him doing that multiple times. But well, I know there was it the first one that he they put him in the straitjacket and he gets out of it by dislocating his own shoulder, and yeah, popping it back in. Yeah, the first that's, one uh, is what that's he has check like out that. straitjacket though because he does that for a bet to show you that yes. he can do it right. But then at some point he ends up in the straitjacket and has well, to do it. It's check out straitjacket. The or is it his? Is, or is, 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 is like it his the... shoulder? <laughs> The whole thing. <laughs> the, the the weird fight that everyone watches between him and Gary Busey, that's the first one, right? Like it's just like yeah, so like old last, school, yes. let's circle around and watch them one. fight. It's what's meant yes. in the Christmas movie. Oh my god. The first the, the, the those movies are wild. The the what is the second one's diplomatic community? Yes. Yeah. What's the third I one? Don't recall the Armor Piercing one. Rounds? Or is that a yes. Robocop movie? No, it's the third one. Okay. The, the third one I have no recollection of. It I was, just remember it. Like it's it, just been revoked from the second one. I remember yes. everything from the fourth one. The well, that was the one. diplomatic immunity. Yeah, yeah, just been revoked. Yeah. But uh, the third one, yeah, is the one with the uh, the armor piercing rounds that the uh, the police were. Hi, to Billy. Bye, Billy. And they shoots the guy in the interrogation room. Right? Mm. <laughs> is that that movie or is that RoboCop? I'm getting I, there's something about RoboCop that overlaps for me, and it's probably just the time that I saw the movies. I'm not sure. I don't really remember RoboCop. I know I saw which it once. one is Time Cop. That's yes. One. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> so, uh, Ryan, I feel like your love of movies probably start like you also have like this long history of B movies under your belt. Oh yeah, 
And I, I do too, but I don't think to the extent that you do. Is yeah, that- I, I, I'm not as equipped to answer this question as I once was. Because sure. I, ha- I don't really watch that much anymore. Uh, which will come up later when we discuss like different favorites. But like, if you were to ask me this probably 10 years ago, I had a long list of B-movies. The only one that like I keeps coming back into my head is Zombievers, if you remember that train wreck. Oh, God. <laughs> that sounds like a C-movie. That's not a B-movie. <laughs> That's that amazing. one keeps coming up. And I remember a, a cameo in that movie by Bill Burr. Um, amazing. Yeah. Wait, Great movie. Anthony, have you ever told him about Cinephobe? Because if he was that into B-movies, he would definitely enjoy it. No, I haven't. I haven't. What is I mean, that? It's a podcast. They they review bad movies and find out like... Yeah, but who's who's to say they're bad? Well, so they... So they take <laughs> movies that are rated below 40% on Rotten Tomatoes and they decide for themselves whether it's actually a bad movie or not. Okay. Fair enough. The Brian, your I feel like your love of the B movie kind of comes from your original love of horror movies because I feel like a lot of yes. horror movies from that time are Yeah. They were know, at that time like the straight to DVD stuff. Now but, it would be straight to streaming, but that Venn diagram yeah. was just a concentric circle. <laughs> the first, the first, like, I don't want to say horror, it wasn't really horror, but the first movie in that, semi in that genre that I've seen all the way through and in theaters was actually with Brian. Freddy vs. Jason? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a straight up B movie. <laughs> I saw that one too when it came out. I, I just, I remember oh. Freddy like humping the air playing pinball with Jason. That was very yeah. awkward. <laughs> I don't remember that. It's been a long time. What a weird tilt. <laughs> what a weird. But you, you were like, you were all in on the Friday the Thirteenth. No, on the Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare. Movies, yeah. Right. That's. And what? What? How did that start? Um, random like just trips to the mall where you have to buy something. You buy a random movie that was on sale, and I bought. I'm sorry. It was <laughs> the random trips to the mall where you have to buy something. Yeah, you gotta buy something. It's a rule. It's in the Constitution. Yeah, got it. So <laughs> the Constitution. <laughs> I I bought. It was Nightmare on Elm Street four. That was the first one I bought because the VHSs, if you put them together, it made Freddy Krueger, mm. and four had his face. So I bought four, and I was the first wow. one I watched. And I was like, <laughs> "This is awesome." <laughs> What a treat! That's a, that's an incredible reason to buy that movie first. <laughs> yeah. Were you at all lost watching that? Uh, that I went back. I didn't even buy them in order after that. I just bought random ones until I had the whole set, and then um, I never found Amazing. one of them to make the full like Freddy Krueger image. I had one of them on DVD, and I don't remember which one that was. And ah, uh, that's it's terrible. Funny. Do you still have the VHS? Uh, probably my parents' house somewhere. Amazing. I mean, I, I don't sell things. I'm too lazy. So sure. if I don't have them, it's because I threw them out. But I, I, I did that. I remember the um, you had a, you had a decent movie room or movie collection in your in yeah. that downstairs room on the left. <laughs> was that a den? What was that? Was that a bedroom? It was a bedroom that we just made into like a TV room. Yeah. Was your parents' bedroom on the first floor, too? It was right next to that TV room. Really? Okay. And then and also right basement? next to that, the, the only bathroom in the entire house. Oh, right. Okay, that's right. And you and your sister's bedrooms were upstairs on either side of a hall, right? Yep. 
No, okay. no bathroom. But no bathroom. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to the movie room. Uh, I do remember looking through your movie collection as a kid, and the one thing that I re- can call out was we both had the 90s Star Wars Special Edition trilogy, but mm-hmm. I had the gold one, and you had the silver one, or vice versa. And I don't remember which one is widescreen and which one is full screen and who had what. Um, I don't know. I want to say I would have full screen because we never had a widescreen TV, and yeah. that was something that would piss my dad off, like the bars. Sure. So I want to say we had full screen. I feel like I feel like I had the widescreen of that. So you I, would, because like, you were super pretentious about things, and wow. widescreen's better. Amazing. I mean, that's fair. Um, <laughs> exactly. You, you see the whole thing. Uh, it's just. And a smaller scale. I know. Now we're going to start arguing what was better, Rainbow Six Three or SOCOM Two. I, I, the argument's going to happen again. So I was, <laughs> as, as, I know you and me have had versions of this conversation in the past, Anthony. So I looked it up. Um, yes. And I was ninety nine point nine percent sure I had it right. The full screen was the gold because that was the one we had, and my dad also, like Brian's dad, had a big thing about the full screen versus widescreen. Right. Okay. <clears throat> the silver was the widescreen. So I don't now. I'm not sure. I could swear that the one that I had was gold, but I also could swear that what I had was widescreen. So I just have to go to my parents' house at some point and find <laughs> out if they had both at some. And point. That's going to be easier to do soon. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, love those movies. Uh, Al, do you recall? Well, actually, Brian, mm-hmm. back to you for a yes. second. Sure. Horror movies, right? Entryway. We talked about that for the B movies yeah. and all that, but like. You still enjoy movies, I feel like, but you're not, like, out to see everything that's coming up. No, and, and thankfully, Kristen is is the same way. Like, we used to go to the theaters to watch things, like, pre-pandemic. Post-pandemic, we still, we just don't go to theaters because we got spoiled by watching them at home. Like, things going straight to streaming on the same day. Sure. And now we're just like, well, we have a big TV in the house. We have this expensive, stupid couch. Let's just wait and watch it here. It's a nice couch. Uh, just, just, you know what? That, that's for another day. <laughs> I, I like my old couch. We didn't need this one. We, all right, I, it was for another day, but it's not. It's for right now. So, um, <laughs> and that day is today. She Brian, sees this couch. Would you, like to, would you like to go to the therapy couch to discuss your couch? possibly she sees this couch online she's like oh i want i want to get this couch i'm like all right it's a sectional we used to have a couch and a love seat this is a sectional i'm like all right well measure it see if it works and she goes oh we'll measure it when you get home i'm like okay so i have her call out the measurements i measure it and i'm like yeah it fits but it's also stupid it doesn't make sense because it has what they call a chase which i know what that means that's like that part that comes out it's not quite a recliner but it's just like always there and the chase would have been on the wrong side. I'm like, it fits, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, the chase is in the right spot. So this is stupid. Like, what's flipping around and give me measurements of the chase on the other side? And then she gave me measurements for what she thought was that. We go, we buy it, and the guy gives me measurements. I'm like, this this isn't ringing a bell, but whatever. I, I don't pay attention. I didn't really want this. So I probably was not paying full attention to it. Go home and I look at the measurements. I'm like, yeah, these are wrong. I'm like, these aren't the measurements you gave me. What did you give me? And she read off the wrong measurements to me. So we measured a couch that would not fit. <laughs> wait, though, the couch fits. Oh, yeah, it does now. Oh, wait, 
Was that what? What was the resolution? <laughs> I feel like the word "now" was carrying a heavy burden. That's yeah, right. Yeah, because I had to call them and, and because God forbid she fixes her mistake. I gotta fix my mistakes, which are a lot. I make a lot of mistakes. I'm not saying I don't. So I have to fix all my mistakes and then her mistakes. I had to call them big. Hey, I measured wrong. Can we I, do this instead? I was waiting for you to be like, have you ever heard of a sawzall? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's like, I know I'm not perfect. I make a lot of mistakes. So I have a hard enough time fixing my own mistakes. I don't want to fix yours, too. Call them. <laughs> But no. <laughs> How did we get here? Oh, this is you watching movies from home now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Tangents. On That's the couch that work. you love. I hate this couch. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, like a $4,000 burden. Uh, it, like, the chase is comfortable, but the problem is, like, what? <laughs> well, I love it. It's great. I don't get to enjoy the chase hmm. because my wife goes in the corner. So she has the chase, and then the dog goes in between us and pushes me away from the chase. So I just sit there normally, not enjoying the couch to its fullest like potential. Sure. sure. So I'm very bitter about the couch. <laughs> really? Um, but that, that's our movie theater now. I'm going to buy Brian an ottoman <laughs> so that he can enjoy the couch to its fullest. Oh. I have an ottoman oh because the way this couch is and the way the room is, we can't have a coffee table. So now an ottoman with this tray on it is our table in there sure, because things sure. just don't fit anymore. Classic. It's a problem. Al, when did you and- fall in love with movies? <laughs> that was just as clean a segue out of the couch conversation as Brian's segue out of the beer conversation was <laughs> The TV could have been bigger, too. I could have went to 75. <laughs> what are you you working with, 75, 77? 70, because oh. that was the biggest that the entertainment center said it could handle. It could have handled bigger. <laughs> what I'm do you done. got? Go ahead. Go ahead, Al. I'm done. So, I have to say, I um, I didn't really consider the path to movies before this. Uh, I can Mm. tell you that my path to enjoying movies started with my parents taking me to see Jurassic Park when that came out. I don't don't remember because I was like two and three quarters years old or something like that. But obviously the groundwork was laid. Um, My parents took me to Batman. Nice. It was was, uh, one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you could say that uh, that probably altered my DNA. Much in the way yeah. that the dinosaur's uh, DNA itself was. Uh, yeah, I know yeah. DNA. <laughs> Brian, Brian, leaning back, catching part of it, and then fully appreciating the joke was my favorite part of this night. <laughs> um, <laughs> from from there, it was a pretty solid kick of uh, Disney movies. I definitely got to enjoy the Disney renaissance mm. uh, of, of the 90s, uh, being a couple years younger than you guys. Um, Do you have the VHSs that have penises on them? Yes, <laughs> I do. I certainly, I certainly did. I don't think we have them anymore. Um, but yeah, no, I was a big fan of all those. You know, Lion King. Aladdin. Big fan of the penis. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Little Mermaid box, right? Yeah, yeah. Dick, so. isn't it neat? <laughs> <laughs> you say my VHS collection's complete. 
<laughs> you sure that's only 9%? <laughs> no, that's what it said. Um, uh, toboggan. <laughs> so. Oh my goodness. Because part of the pre-show is probably not making it into <laughs> into the actual show. Toboggan is our is our keyword when Brian is about to bail out for an on work on call. <laughs> oh, so you definitely should do a cold open now where we where we hashed out what the. Uh, I, I yeah, <laughs> I'm, ho- I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful I recorded that part. But go on, Al. You can continue. Uh, man. <laughs> so yeah, um, so I would say it started with obviously going to the Jurassic Park, enjoying as well as. Um, getting introduced at a pretty young age, I'd say roughly five-ish, to the Star Wars and Indiana Jones movies. Sure. On the we would rent them. Uh, I think I've told the story before where we would basically rent Star Wars like every weekend until my dad yeah, man. bought them because he's like, why are we renting these every week? Well, that was one of the things that we bonded over, except for the fact that they didn't care that we were renting it every week because it was part of the pizza trade. <laughs> well, sure. Um, for us, my dad was paying for it. so um, Sure. A little different story, but regardless, um, I would say those as well as I think at that time I was also introduced to uh, a bunch of James Bond movies. I remember mm. watching those pretty young, um, and then obviously getting exposed to even more movies uh, via you uh, in our like biennial uh, trips down to yeah visit the family. Uh, so uh, yeah, that was how uh, my enjoyment of movies. Uh, I liked. I, I I'm happy that I played a part. In your adoption of movies, that's that makes me happy. Uh, the I forgot about the James Bond thing. I definitely bonded over James Bond movies with my dad. We watched like we went to go see Goldeneye together and Tomorrow Never Dies, and we planned on seeing like all the rest of them. Um, and then eventually got into renting the older Bond movies every once in a blue moon. And that was just such a it was so much fun to watch those. We even recorded a couple of James Bond movies on nice. VHS. Classic. We recorded Goldeneye and The World Is Not Enough. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember that little the little clip on the VHS tape that you could pop out so that it wouldn't record? Is that what that was for? Yeah. So, like, if you bought a movie, it would not have the clip on it. It would be it would have already been removed so that you mm. couldn't over like tape over the the VHS tape. We've had like we had like bad movies that we just didn't care about, and you would, we would just put a piece of scotch tape over that. <laughs> and use it as a blank tape. <laughs> I never knew that's what that was for. Yeah. What a weird what a what a what a weird and cool piece of technology, the VCR. Was there a was there a VHS player that like didn't record? I, I mean know. I'm sure I'm sure there was a cheaper version. Yeah. Because they remember they used to the earliest iteration, we never owned one, but the earliest iteration of the the VHS player didn't rewind. They sold a separate device to rewind. Yeah, we had we had the separate rewinder. I I think specifically like even after the the VHS the VCRs had them in it, it was like the problem was like mechanically it couldn't do it as much as you needed it to to rewind an entire feature film. Like it would just burn out sooner. So that was like the purpose of like this rewinder that was built specifically to spin in that direction and efficiently. I don't think we ever ran into that issue. We, I, hmm. I don't recall us ever owning the, a VCR that didn't rewind. Hmm. Um, Man, remember Be Kind Rewind? I never saw the movie. No, just the notion. Yeah. 
<laughs> Not yeah, the movie, the put, movement. <laughs> yeah, they used to put those posters up at like Blockbuster or like actually probably more the independent chains, I think. Because yeah. when I was very young, like specifically like the, back that time, like we'd rent like Star Wars or Indiana Jones like every week. Um, we, we used to go, that was when we lived up in Vermont, we used to go to uh, an independent one. Uh, it was actually, I'm, it was one of those ones with the curtain in the back. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was too young to realize that, but I recall there being a section where I couldn't go. And yep. I realized once I heard about that older, I was like, oh, that's what that was. Okay. Um, because I was like five, so I had no concept of porn at the time. Uh, sure. <laughs> but we, I don't remember if later on in Vermont, if we had a blockbuster or if there was a different. It was a different independent one, but it was a big one. This one was like a little hole in the wall one. The later in my time when we lived in Vermont, there was like a big independent one. And then when we moved to New York, there was a blockbuster like three minutes from my house, um, like in its own little lot. So uh, definitely went to blockbuster a lot from the year like 2000 to 2007. I, uh, I always loved the, the blockbuster report card. If you had a B or more as your average, you can get a free rental. I forgot about that. Mm, we used to do that well, a couple times a year. They also opened a Hollywood video like a quarter of a mile from the Blockbuster. I never got to, I never actually went to one. I mean, I feel like I've been in one like just to check it, like to look around, but I never had like a Hollywood video membership. It wasn't, near, it wasn't nearby for us. That was the only one I ever saw. I actually, I, when I was when it first like opened up the first couple of years it was around, I actually assumed it was some sort of independent. I didn't realize that it was the other chain mm. that was meant to compete with Blockbuster that didn't succeed. Hollywood video was the shit. <laughs> wow. What a way to good, come back to the Good show. on you. Good on uh, you. I wasn't as big a fan. I think they might have done better video game rentals like comparatively to Blockbuster, at least mm. the two stores by me. Um, but I definitely remember Blockbuster. Blockbuster was bigger like the physical footprint of the store was bigger by me. So Blockbuster definitely was the better movie rental place. Hang on a second. Brian, you said yeah. Hollywood video was the shit. Mm-hmm. I feel like we both grew up on the same 12 by Hollywood 14 video. island. Yeah. So it was by, I think it was Pathmark at the time. It's Stop and Shop now by Richmond Avenue. Um, but right by the uh, expressway, there was a Hollywood video in there. It was awesome. Huh. Uh, I guess that was easier for you to get to. Yeah, it was right by Victory and Richmond, where they come yeah. together. Okay. okay. I mean, Blockbuster was right down the block, and then there was like a mom and pop video shop uh, right up the street, too. Was that like a mafia front? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that became well-known, right? Like, it was like straight up rated at one point, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. What was that place called, for the record? Uh, <laughs> uh, rather not put that on the record. <laughs> cool. Uh, Al, why, why TV? Okay, so in part of the exercise of trying to put together all the list of things and answer to the questions that you sent us for the template for this episode, uh, it forced me. Well, when I was came to the point of trying to figure out what's my favorite favorite show of all time or whatever, hmm. which I will not d- divulge here. Uh, holy shit! So many like updates just popped up on my computer. It's obnoxious. <laughs> That's not relevant to TV. No, but it's you guys can't hear it, but it keeps dinging in my ear. Hmm. Um, but and it was also fucking with the screen. I was not. I couldn't see that properly. Um, <laughs> so as I was going through it, I was like, "Huh? How did I get so into TV?" Because I remember the start point 
being that I'd never really watched television. Like, mm-hmm. sorry, let me rephrase that. When I was a kid, obviously, I watched a ton of, you know, I watched all like the, the Nickelodeon cartoons. I was more of a Nickelodeon than than Disney or Cartoon Network kid when you know, it was Rugrats yeah. and Rocket Power and Doug and all those shows. So yeah. I was really into those as a kid. Obviously, that kind of falls by the wayside by the time you're 12 or whatever. I don't know. Um, and from then on through high school, when I was watching TV, it was it tended to be reruns of movies, whatever movie was on FX yeah. or yep. Comedy Central or whatever. Didn't really watch or, you know, or, or watch sports. I didn't really watch any shows as like a teenager. I started dabbling a bit in Family Guy in South Park in high school, but like that was already well into the runs of those shows. And I wasn't like a weekly watcher of them per se. I would just like put it on or if like, more watch it with like other people. And I enjoyed those shows, but I just never really like got into them. Mm. And there was one show in that time that I actually watched. And it wasn't even me who started watching it. My mom watched 24. And that was the, like the only actual television I show show I watched in like the aughts, um, which I loved. Yeah, um, but I Man, just wasn't. I haven't thought about twenty four in a minute. That's yeah. I it, re- it really bothered me that he never even took a nap or ate or took a piss. <laughs> it was one day, Brian. You can go one day. <laughs> yeah, I I never watched anything other than that, and so like that was one hour a week for like three months that I would watch television sure. for like a show, um, and then I you know I went to college and. Again, I didn't really have, like, I, I think at that point, I guess I was watching Family Guy more, but, like, the, that was probably really it. Um, and then I kind of got into South Park as with more at that time, too. But then I went back to, like, the Fox shows, uh, so I watched The Following. That was kind of really the first Oh, show man! <laughs> that kicked Ke- off. Kevin Bacon? Yeah, Kevin yes. Bacon, James Purefoy. Um, that was the first real show that I decided to start watching it wasn't a referral from anyone wasn't anything that i just started watching with someone else it's just i started watching it my mom my brother started watching with me so i watched the following and then like slowly like the trickle started where like there's another show another show and another show it's like huh this television thing something you know (laughs) (laughs) so uh the like, the following is when you decided to be an adult and make your own decisions and watch TV. That's when I started the company I currently work for. <laughs> <laughs> it just I don't know. Like there was nothing in as far there was nothing as far as like recurring television shows that ever grabbed me. I think it was probably because that was the advent of network television having serialized shows. Hmm. Fox is really the first one to do that, right? Most network shows at that time were episodic shows. The first serialized dramas were happening on HBO with like The Sopranos and then The Wire. I watched a little bit of the final season of The Sopranos with my dad because at that point I was in high school, but when that show started, I was nine. So I wasn't going to watch The Sopranos when I was nine. Um, And nor The Wire when I was... 11 or whatever, whenever that started. Wire was um, great. No, both shows were fantastic. I didn't watch them until well after they ended, though. Um, Breaking Bad was a niche show when it started. Yeah. Um, I 
didn't pick that up until the show ended. Um, and it didn't even, it wasn't even a consideration for me until be- right before the show. Ended. Um, and so got, all of those I, shows, I couldn't watch breaking bad. I just couldn't. Cause I got very mad because I kept getting the first episode was a little more sciencey. I think than the rest of them, they do a lot of explanations and I kept getting questions and I said, I'm never watching the show again. And I never watched it. <laughs> it's a, it a, an odd choice. And I would say an incorrect one. Um, well, I, I agree. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so uh, I started with the, the following. Around that time was also when uh, the newsroom came out, and I started oh, watching man. that. It was a good time that, for television. That time show, for me. holy shit! <laughs> and so that at, uh, also like concurrent with that time was the start of Game of Thrones, yeah, and the start of the Americans, and those shows really launched me being super into television. <laughs> That's that's pretty cool. I also I, I didn't realize in asking that we we're going to find out that it was like a m- much more recent of a thing than I mean obviously it's been years but like it is more recent and I was I I hadn't thought about it for myself until you started talking but like some of the shows that you were mentioning are the ones that I also started really getting into TV with. I think maybe the first one for me that I chose to watch was The Walking Dead like early on and then. I think I caught, I got into Breaking Bad at like the, I don't know, when when was the writer's strike? I feel like it was like after that. The writer's strike happened right right before Breaking Bad. Oh, didn't the don't they strike, have like a don't they have like a break during one season because of it? Maybe it was around the time of the first season, but the the writer's strike I think was in two thousand eight. Oh, maybe but, started. I think we oh, then I think we only we started watching it later than that then, so it might have not been because of that, but. Uh, yeah, and then like when I eventually moved to Hoboken and was now paying for cable, I was like, I'll, I'll get HBO, <laughs> and I got HBO, and then I started watching Game of Thrones, and and I had the and, exact opposite of that. I was like, you have to pay this much for this? Fuck this. <laughs> we didn't have a ton of uh, premium channels growing up. My parents had so many, and we never used them. And That's then once you realize how much they cost, I'm like, what is... No. No. <laughs> so it's funny. Right. We actually did have a bunch of premium channels. I mean, we had HBO and stuff um, for like the early 2000s. Then we had like all the movie channels. And then we got DirecTV in I think 2007 or 2008. And that's when we really got like a ton of channels. Um, and that's also, you know, a couple of years before like this started. Like I said, there was a... I realized, well backtracking through all of this that there was specific like starting point for me is like when i finally narrowed in on well when did i actually start because i remember it was a thing for me like i just was not into television that wasn't like 24 there was just nothing i watched Mm -hmm. like that wasn't i don't know what the reason for it was just nothing ever interested me and and going back and working through this is like oh it's because everything was episodic and that that has just never resonated with me like when i was a kid most of those shows i mentioned were episodic and that's fine that format has never resonated with me in a way that makes me stick around. I enjoy the sure. shows. Like Seinfeld is great. I'm very entertained by Seinfeld, but I don't ever feel compelled to, Oh, let me sit down and watch this whole season of Seinfeld. And I'm not even talking about it in a binging perspective. It could be over the course of two months. Like, I'll just be like, Oh, there's nothing on. And there's an episode on TBS. I'll watch Seinfeld for 25 minutes. Right. Yeah. Um, did did like you watch that, the, the reboot of 24? Uh, both of them. Yes. Yes. There was two. There was one that was kind of a soft reboot slash continuation, and then there. Was but that was still with hard. with him, right? 
Yes, but technically he was Kiefer Sutherland, right? Kiefer Sutherland. Technically, that one was like he was co lead with Yvonne Shahovsky, basically. But didn't they recast like him or have like a different character and do twenty four again with a different lead? They did. It was um, that guy from The Walking Dead who just walked off into the distance and was never seen or heard of again. <laughs> um, uh, what the hell is his name? Was it Corey I'm Hawkins? I want to say Corey Hawkins. Let's he see. had he had he had glasses. Yeah, and, uh, he's correct. Twenty Four Legacy is yeah. what they called it. He just uh, walked off and disappeared during an episode of Walking Dead, and um, was never on that show again. And uh, had, <laughs> had this season, they looked like launched it like as if he was going to be the lead of Twenty Four. From then on, that season didn't perform super well, and so that just kind of died. Wow. So he's out there f- somewhere in the Walking. I Dead. feel like I may have watched that Twenty Four Jam. I definitely watched the original. I I very much enjoyed it. I, it's funny your what you end up going to TV for, like these longer stories. Like you like this more, you know. Um, the upper echelon television. It makes uh, it makes sense for me when you think about it, like how much we yeah. talk about it. I love reading. I love novels. Yeah. I love long novel series. So why wouldn't I like that equivalent on the screen of give me a long, detailed, involved story with multiple perspectives and moving pieces told over the course of? Per- I mean, I love movies. Yeah. But a lot of times I'm left wanting more and. Yeah, that's that. That's that's funny. I and I, I think that's why I end up leaning a little, why I lean fully towards the movies over TV. Is like, I personally prefer the shorter format. Like, I like the, I, I appreciate the art form of getting that whole story into that amount of time. I also tend to prefer TV shows with shorter seasons, like six to eight versus ten, or in some cases. 24 <laughs> but uh yeah it's, it's it's funny and yeah it does like you said it does make sense you are um especially with your love of like novels and whatnot um that's that's i funny. mean I, i've i've always been consistent in feeling uh, I've, i know we've talked about it for some years now on the show to me the length of the television show should be directly in service to the story that you want to tell so if you have a fantastic sure. story to tell me in six episodes I'm going to love it in six episodes. And if you have a fantastic story that you require 12 episodes to tell it in, well, that's okay too. But the point is just try to match the episode count to the story you have to write. (laughs) I can, I, I can appreciate that and agree that I would actually probably love a show that is made that way. However, they're not generally made that way. And that's, that's, that's that's largely true. (laughs) Uh, But that's, that's funny. I, um, I mean, we are getting closer to that in the streaming age, right? Yeah, it seems that way, especially with like Disney Plus shows and things like I feel like the occasional like, oh, this is seven. Um, in some cases, it's seven too many, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> Which case fine. would that be? Um, was that Hawk, Hawkeye? A completely unnecessary television show? Um, just brutal. Uh, yeah, Brian. That yeah, that's and that's fine. I still want you to watch it because of the of the twist. The twist that may not be a twist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, it's movies. For Alice TV. For you, it's ga- you were obsessed. You you are fully ingrained in the vi- in video games, in the culture, in everything that comes out. You know all the game news. You play so many games. It's insane to me. Why video games? I mean, it's the only place you could just murder people and not go to jail, right? Wow. <laughs> so you use it as a prophylactic. <laughs> well, actually, 
outside of like Super Mario, my earliest mm. gaming memory is Contra, which is mm. just murdering. Uh, so I, I have always been like more into the violent video games, and it was like an anger management thing. Wow, oh, like, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it really always was. Like, well, I'm, I had a really crappy day. Let me turn on my PlayStation One and just steal a car and run people over. And the original Grand Theft Auto, like it, it just it, it huh. was like just a way to get out frustration without actually hurting people and ruining my life. So that was what really started it. Was it was just a great escape for me. And then once stories really remind to me, happen, when did Grand Theft Auto come out? Uh, that was early '90s. I think it was '90. Why were you so angry? <laughs> Wait, no, no, it wouldn't be 91. Well, no, I didn't have it when it came out. Oh, okay. That. okay. I did have Contra. I got Contra in the early 90s. It couldn't have been 91. It was a PlayStation 1 game. I'll look that up, though, while I was I'm talking. Um, but I did have, I had Grand Theft Auto, I had Grand Theft Auto 2, the London one. Like, I had all mm. those before it was popular with Grand Theft Auto 3. Uh, and it was just, it was great. It was, it was how I can get out all my angers from having to go to school that day. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like my, like I said, my, my earliest memory outside of Super Mario, because Super Mario, Duck Hunt, and like track and field, whatever they called it, sure. that was the first game that I had and the only game I had for a while. And then we got Contra, and I absolutely loved Contra. And I used to play with my mom, not my dad, which I thought was weird, because my dad was the action movie like fan mm-hmm. and loved that, but my mom always played Contra. Very strange. That's, uh, that's, a, that's kind of adorable. Yeah. I, I typed in Grand Theft Auto 1 release date and nothing comes up. Like, like don't... Isn't Google good <laughs> enough by now? Oh, he's getting upset. Somebody give him a controller. <laughs> the first two Grand Theft Autos were top down, right? Yes. Yes. 1997. Okay. 1997. Right. Uh, but I probably did... I didn't have a PlayStation 1... When it first came out, I got when they did that redesign, it was like that small, rounded thing that was super tiny, which they called the PS1. Oh, yeah, I, I got that, too. I bought that. I, that, I think that was that the first was console first, I bought with my own money. Yeah, that was my first entry into the PlayStation. I didn't have the big PlayStation 1, yeah. so I definitely got all these games later, but f- I had a Nintendo that had a Sega Genesis. I didn't have a Super Nintendo. And then uh, I had Nintendo 64. And oh my god, how and I, do we have Contra, the exact like, are, same trajectory up to a certain point? <laughs> uh, yeah, until PlayStation 2, Xbox, probably. Mm-hmm. Because that's when it was cool to be part of the console war still. I mean, it was cool right. with Sega and Nintendo, but we weren't in the right age range for that. No, not But at all. when we were in the right age range for Sony versus Microsoft and that PlayStation 2 time, um, which, by the way, I don't know if either one of you guys go on Reddit a lot. It is embarrassing when people still try to have console wars right now. It's like, just was I really <laughs> part of this? Like, it, it, it embarrasses me that I probably yeah. would have had that same mind frame like 20 years ago. And I'm embarrassed this person that still has this mind frame. And I really <laughs> hope they are a child, but I don't think they are. The way I think about it now, it's like, oh, how many games did I miss out on? But it was mostly because I couldn't have both of them. Right. You really so just since got you couldn't it, have you could both, only have you just one. wanted to be angry yeah. about the other one and yeah. be like, "Mine's better." That's why you yeah. played Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, that's definitely the the only part of the console war thing that I feel like I missed out on was because I always had 
Xboxes from the time that I had those. The 360 was the first Xbox I had. We we had a PlayStation 2 around that same time. Well, it was uh, the best DVD player out there. Mm. <laughs> That's yeah. why there were so many of them. Uh, my brother got a PS2 late in its cycle. Um, so I definitely played some games on that. But um, my first like real, real console, we had a GameCube before that, but I had the 360. And that's the only thing about it. I feel like I missed out on a ton of great PS2 and PS3 games. So Yeah. But yeah, like to go back to your question, like why video games? Like I do like movies. I do like TV. Like I, I like having stories told to me. But like in video games, I like being part of the story. Not even like where you create a character, you try to make your own and go through it. Just controlling whatever character they give me and going through the story. Just having the control over it. It, it just makes it, it's, it's more fun for me. Yeah, to have a story immersive. told to me that that I'm yeah that I'm actually progressing myself, I'm yeah. pushing this character forward. I'm making them do this action. I'm doing all this on my own, so you can tell me this. I'm not just sitting back and watching. Although there are some games that you do sit back and watch, and I like, which we'll probably touch on in a little bit. That's cool. It's funny that the uh, the immersion thing is like I feel like that's really what it comes down to, right? I feel like you are most immersed by video games, and then Al by yes. TV and me by movies. And I do think that is really, it's just really interesting because like, I feel like video games makes the most sense to me that it would have the most, the highest level of immersion because like you are moving the character through the thing. But I personally, like I love playing video games, but I get crippled by anxiety of decision and choice and stuff inside of a game. Am I doing this right? I'm probably not going to play it twice. Am I making the right calls now going through it? And like, I end up, as Brian knows, not finishing many games. <laughs> uh, uh, how did I put the last thing when you said? We get to play it for six minutes. <laughs> Say it's great and then never touch it again, uh, which is accurate. It's, it's pretty yeah. much. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's, that's part of the reason why I like the, I like movies is because I can think about it, but I'm not, I'm not in control of the choices. So I like to think about why they made the choice they did. And I like to analyze it on a deeper level in that smaller format versus television where I've, movies I can rewatch over and over again. I'm not going to rewatch a series. Um, it's just not really something that I'm that into. Uh, uh, maybe occasionally something funny I will do it with, but not like a dramatic series. I don't see myself going back to one except for maybe, I don't know, 10 years passes or something and I want to watch it again. I, because I love the long format, I try to absorb it as fully as I can on the first go through. There have been a handful of shows I've rewatched, mm-hmm. but it is a huge time commitment and it's time that I could be spending enjoying some other show that I've never watched before. Mm-hmm. There are some shows that I like to try and get back to at some point or other, but there's a lot of shows I've talked about for a long time wanting to get back to and just have never done so. Cause there's always something else new um, movies. It's easy to say, Oh, I can go back and rewatch this. Even if it's the 10th time, because it was only a two hour or two and a half right. hour com- commitment in that time. Uh, or sometimes even, you know, oh, I love this movie. I've seen it a bunch of times. I could watch this half hour of this movie because it's on TV right now. And I get to enjoy that bit of it without having to commit to the whole thing. Sure. Because I've already seen it before. Because typically we, if I've never seen a movie before, I want to watch it from the beginning. I want to watch the whole thing all the way through. We rewatch shows a lot. Um, like, for example, uh, High School Musical, the musical, the series just had their season three. And when that season three was getting ready to come back, 
we went back and watched season one and season two, and then we jumped right into season three. That's and we cool. tend to do that with most shows. Like when the new season's coming, like a month or so before, we'll watch the last seasons. So then we're just all up to date. Everything is fresh in memory, and we jump right into the new season. We tend to do that as frequently as we can. I'd like to do that. I definitely don't have the time for that. At most, I might rewatch like the last episode or two of the season. Got before. nothing but time. <laughs> but you do, I, if like, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, but you do this more casually, right? Like, I feel like you guys, you guys go into your bedroom like early. You put the oh, yeah. TV on, and you also kind of doing other. Th- I know you play games like during this time sometimes. Um, depends on the show, like. Most shows we won't. We'll just be watching the show, and then oh, okay. we stop at a certain time, and then we'll read, play games, do whatever. But yeah, we typically go up to bed on the earlier side. It all depends on when I get home. Sure, sure, that's cool. That's okay. that's my my kind of last tie to this part of the conversation. Yeah, as far as the video game component for myself. Um, Again, if you look at the types of video games I gravitate to, it's RPG. Sure. Story intensive games, because again, that's what I crave. I love, I just love stories. I love great stories. Um, And it's not just the narrative, right? I love great characters because great characters that interact with a great story all together, that whole, you can have great characters in service of a great story, or you can have great story in service of great characters it doesn't matter to me that kind of gumbo of uh, <laughs> like that mixture of, of, of elements is, is what I enjoy. Yeah. That, that, I, that is funny that that's going to, that's going to carry on through our conversations for the day, because like, I, I already know like where you're going with like your Biowares and your favorites like that. Whereas like, yep. I am much more in on something like naughty dog and a single player experience that is more, movie-like and concise and and i feel like those are the better storytelling games not a big vast like rpg like those more linear story games like the single player things that's what gives you a story the rpgs is so open-ended a lot of times there's no story and the story that's there is bullshit fetch things outside of the main thing and then you lose track of the main thing some of them are yeah it depends i have a harder time getting into those stories I'm not into of- to well, say, like why I've gravitated towards the Bioware game so much is because I feel like it's the best of both worlds where the gameplay is concise and action packed. Typically the storytelling is more on the linear side, right? There are chances for you to branch out, but by and large, they mostly haven't been open world games until the last iteration of both of the main series. Um, because I agree, just the, the, the quote-unquote RPG game that's just the open world, just go fuck it out and do whatever the hell you want, mm. that's not what appeals to me because, like, yeah, I like some level of agency in the way that you can go about unfolding that story. But at the end of the day, you're going to write your story better if you're going to have certain guardrails that you put up to funnel us into at no more than a couple of different pathways, you know? Sure, because right. I agree, those more linear single term, I'm sure they are fantastic stories. I find that those t- types of games tend not to give me the gameplay element that I like alongside my story. I've found a very specific niche in those games that um, that I've enjoyed that give me like kind of the most pieces. Of I can understand that. Right on. Right on. So the next thing that I have prepared that we're going to go through is buckets of favorites. Um, so what I did was I sent out a little 
document slash survey thing to Brian and Al ahead of time to 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 think about this, sink their teeth in, and come up with some answers for their favorite movie, game, and TV series of the past year, the past decade, and of all time. Uh, a little caveat I'm going to throw your way. Preferences mm-hmm. change over time. So, like, while I hemmed and hawed over each one of these answers, I ultimately came up with my answer for right now. And I feel like you're probably, you have no choice but to do the same. Um, and it's like, to, you know, next week you might be like, my favorite game is X, Y, or Z. And that's different from what you said today. Uh, that being said, I know that some of these, especially some of the video game ones are going to make, well, at least one in particular video game one is going to make Brian go, really? And I'm really excited to get there. But <laughs> first, we're going to start off in the near term. So what so is... That's how, that, that's how I arrange my stuff. I, I yeah. work my way backwards mm-hmm. and it forced me... I had to make conscious choices for some of them that aren't yep. maybe 100% accurate because I was trying to spread as much wealth as possible. Same. I did, a, I did a little bit of that too. And while we're talking favorites, I did say a beer I gave Anthony was one of my favorites. It's Devil's Backbone Brewing Company. <laughs> oh, you got it. <laughs> which, which one is it? Because I had one from them recently. Uh, Vienna Lager. I had that one the other day, uh, two weeks ago at the um, the Craft Beer Festival I went to. In, oh, nice. In so I, when we were in Virginia, we bought it because they, they were in Virginia. But my brother-in-law, who's big into beer, uh, informed me that Anheuser-Busch bought them. So they're not disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> Disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So getting into it, uh I'm gonna start with Al. What is your favorite game of the past year? Well, I've only played two games that have come out in the past <laughs> year Um because you know, for like 10 years now, I haven't really been super up on like every new game out at all the time. Sure. Um, so I will give you my honorable mention is Halo Infinite. Boo. Um, I have two games to pick from, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> By the other one's better. <laughs> well, I agree. Um, it's uh, so for me, my favorite game of the past year ish is uh, predictably Mass Effect. Ah, okay. Oh, what, a, what well, that's that's an interesting one. I was curious if Mass Effect was going to be your favorite game of all time. So I think this is uh, that's yeah. Kind of fun. You're going to hear you're going to hear some more entries from that series across this conversation. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Uh, okay, that's respectable. I mean, uh, knowing your love of of the Mass Effect universe, it makes perfect sense, especially considering the lack of games you played that came out this <laughs> this year. Uh, I, I downloaded uh, what's it called? I just still haven't got around to it yet. I do fully intend to play it. The Guardians of the Galaxy game. Oh yeah, oh, that's yeah. great. It's really good. It's I, I've, I've heard nothing but good things, and I really genuinely want to. But I gotta, I gotta finish this playthrough before I can get to it. Sure. All right, Brian. What about you? Um, I, I think I, I have to say Rainbow Six Extraction, so you don't come back <laughs> when I told you so. <laughs> uh, but honestly, that that definitely is is probably still my game of the year. But it, it's it's close between that and then. Two two other games are pretty close. Uh, Sifu is one of them, mm. um, which I, I like trophies and achievements in games, but I typically don't go for everything. Sifu, I have the platinum trophy. I got everything in that. That was a hard one. Um, and then before when I said like narrative, 
type games like where you're just sitting back and watching uh on, on game pass as dust falls came out uh i i like those choose your own adventure games this is my favorite of them for a reason i didn't think it would be like i like the walking dead i like uh life mm. is strange but like you have a character that you do move around to solve like puzzles and certain areas like you ha- do have some kind of movement as dust falls there's no movement you just make choices that's it that's interesting and I like that way more than I thought I would. And the story was yeah. pretty cool. But yeah, Rainbow Six Extraction, just so Anthony doesn't say I told you so. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. What's, we'll the, uh, still... what's, the, what's the basis for that? I okay, so yeah, that, that, this came up on uh, Game Scoop of forever ago. Not Game Scoop. Game Bites. Game Bites. <laughs> game Scoop is not our not show. It not even been there on Game... It came out in January, and I was like, this is my game of the year. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, it's my game of the year. And I was like, year. okay, Brian, you're going to play 700 more games this year. <laughs> that's really what it comes down to. I do well, think that's been my only 10 so okay. far this year. All right. Well, what, what was it that Brian pissed me off with the last time we did the game? <laughs> because I was going to say Watch Dogs Legion over The Last of Us Part 2. Oh, yeah. The Last of Us Part 2, which he wrote... Like three reviews of for the spin tune, yeah, and of which I read through. Oh, sorry, it was it was two reviews plus I I know he like referenced it in like his other like his like monthly like thing as well. Um, and he wrote a spoiler review and a spoiler free review, two full reviews that were two totally unique. It's not like he like redacted info for like they were two <laughs> entirely separate pieces that I read through all of, edited, published. He gave it ten out of ten. And then he picked his game of the year, a different game that he gave like a 7 out of 10 on, which infuriated me. And like, you can love the game. It might be a fantastic game. I, you could say it was your second favorite game of the year, even if it was higher by or lower by a half a point or whatever, just because you loved this one, but that was the quote unquote technically better game. You gave it a perfect score. You literally launched a thousand words about it. You can't pick a different game over that game. There's a thousand Sorry. words in a lost podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's such a bummer. Uh, oh, that was a long one, too. It was. It was like three hours, I feel like. Wait, that one didn't get published? I don't remember. No, it, it got... One of the members got cut out at some point. The microphone must have disconnected, and when they reconnected, the the recording didn't pick up the uh, new input. Yeah, so... I, I don't recall that happening. That's... Yeah, that's, it's, a, it's a bummer. But that's why this is yeah. phrased as your favorite, not the best. Yeah. Your favorite just, game which, of the past year. Again, it's fine. I just... It didn't feel right. For this year, <laughs> okay. I do still go back to extraction. I don't like to play with other people. I play it by myself, and that's not a game. That's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> but I do. I play it by myself. I have well over a hundred hours in that game. I completed all the regions. I, I love it. That's so funny. Uh, my favorite game of the year is going to make Brian angry. Is Halo Infinite? Uh, I've actually. Out. It came out last year. It came out within the last year. Yeah, the way we yeah. did it was within the past. Yeah, year. I know. I just wanted to be difficult because I, I I loved the campaign for the first like quarter of it. And then mm-hmm. I was like, this this sucks. Well, full disclosure from my point, Brian, I didn't play the campaign at all. Um, I've only played it online and always with someone, basically. Like 99% of my Halo Infinite like online has been played with Anthony or my brother and his friends. I've only played like a handful of matches on my own entirely. So it's, I think been, I it's just played, for communal enjoyment. I think I played like two matches with Anthony, maybe if that. Yeah, that's, that sounds about right. The, uh, it's funny we, that I, I still can't play a co-op campaign. I know. Which is inching there, inching closer. 
that that uh that single player i do agree with you though like in the beginning i was like oh this is cool actually in the concept is great yeah. it's awesome it's really yes it's, I, it's very cool it just turns out that there's not enough variety and it's way too sparse so like yeah you, i you got real mad drive with the to things for a while you don't think it'd be more accurate to say it's way too spartan <laughs> i wouldn't dare <laughs> uh, I, but the I did like the campaign. I did like it. I didn't hate it. It wasn't terrible. I liked was, the named enemies. Like it was cool. But. It was fine. The named enemy things were cool. I did. I definitely like. In the past, I couldn't play multiplayer out of a Halo game until I finished the campaign, and I usually finish the campaign within one to two nights of playing it. This one took me a while to get through because I would just pop in. I would, like, clear an area, and I wouldn't even go for a main mission. I'd just, like, get a FOB or something like that. And now, and I would play the multiplayer in between. But the multiplayer in Halo Infinite, had it's the closest thing to recapturing one of my favorite experiences of playing games, which is when I was younger, playing Halo. Halo 2. Not even Halo. Well, Halo 2, oh, yes. Oh, on but, game battles, Halo yeah, 1? Yeah, <laughs> on, on Xbox Connect and GameSpy Arcade. But, like, it's just, oh, like... GameSpy, right. That and and Halo Two probably is really more accurate because it was easier to get into things and it was a little bit more structured. But like, there are like, it's not hard for me to go on for like thirty minutes one random night and ping a few people and somebody is up to play, and like mostly the people at work are playing. So like, they're usually you on. Only asked me like twice to play. I'll I'll, I'll ask you again. <laughs> I'll ask you again. But that's you, it. you have four days and eleven hours of time played on Halo Infinite. Yeah, that's a lot for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so many minutes. <laughs> but I've just been absolutely loving it. Especially when you get a group of four people of people that you know, and you can have a fire team of all people that you know, and then you play like Fiesta, which is my favorite game mode. Yeah, we've had some great times doing it. It's that. just a blast. Anthony, yeah. can you do more than just start a game. No. I'm looking so I'm on Anthony's Xbox profile right now. And has recently <laughs> played he has Halo Infinite, which he's played a lot of. Then he has Ghost Recon Wildlands, one of my favorite games of all of all time in recent years. I gave that a ten out of ten when I reviewed that. That game was great. I did everything in that game, loved it. You have one achievement. Listen, listen. I want to. No, 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 hang on. Hang on. Go back to Wildlands. Well, we're gonna we're gonna break each one of these down. Okay, Wildlands is really cool. Until I started to go into the menu and saw how many things there were in the menu for like custom, and I was like, no, I don't have. It can be. I don't have the time to do this really well and understand all of it. That I'm not gonna get into it. Okay, Midnight Fight Express. Yeah. I reviewed that pretty favorably. That was awesome. That was more John Wick than John Wick Hex was. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool mechanics, but ultimately the hook didn't grab me. I, I thought I, I appreciate it. I get what's going on there. I like it. I love Game Pass for this reason. I'm I'm done. You have seven minutes played in Project Wingman. God, it was so bad. <laughs> 18 minute played in Donut County. Well, I already beat that game on my phone. Yeah, I was killing I mean, time I... with it one day. Also, I gotta, I gotta say, in Anthony's defense, if you played only just a very little bit of a game that you thought was terrible, that's a good reason to drop it. Like, it's not like Brian's criticism is like you're like, oh yeah, that that game's fantastic, but you played it for like thirty five minutes. Like, if you played it for thirty five minutes and you hated it, I I don't blame you for dropping it. Like, <laughs> um, Rainbow Six Extraction, thirty two minutes. 
Yeah, it just didn't really do it for me. Back for blood, <laughs> 53 minutes? That's surprising. That, I think it was like 53 minutes with you. <laughs> I'll say off the top of my head, and this is super informally, the last game I'm going to say that you actually invested in non-Halo division has got to be the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, and I haven't finished it. He's not even like a quarter of the way through it. Oh, I'm really? Because he talked about it. Oh, you talked about it a bunch over like a long period of time. So I assumed you played through all or most of the game. No, I played through a bunch of it, but I, I, I played through a, enough sittings for myself. But uh, that felt like a while. But I assumed I was further than a quarter of the width of the game. That's why I was. That. I it's a guessed, longer. Game. I would have guessed you were at least three quarters, just based on the way we talked about it. I hmm. I wish I could talk spoilers for the ending of that game. I love the ending of that game. Get I have to get back to it. Yeah. <laughs> I I have I actually saved a video of the ending and I have it on my phone, like the last like few minutes. Nice. Love it. What else is on that list? Uh, I went to your PlayStation. Uh, Twelve minutes, which you have four hours played in that, but you didn't beat the game. What? Twelve minutes. Oh, I that was oh, twelve minutes. Yeah, that was a. Uh, I was playing <laughs> twelve minutes on the backbone. Thank you, Brian, for supplying me with that. While He's my son was in his minutes, bassinet, the, the first six weeks of his life. I got all the way to, like, I figured out a lot of it. The one thing that I knew I had to do something with the light switch, but couldn't figure out how to do it. And I needed to, every time I did it wrong, I would have to go through the loop again. And that made me bored. So I wasn't going through it anymore until I let Brian tell me what it was that you do. And I just didn't do it. Hmm. That was a cool game. That was actually one of the few games that I... Like we didn't get it like pre-release or anything. I just got it, started playing it the day it came out. I had the review up like the next day. Mm. Mm-hmm. I was very proud of myself for that one. Guardians of the Galaxy, you have twenty four percent of the achievements, uh, which that sounds like you... a quarter. <laughs> so the last chapter you completed was chapter four. Ah, uh, there is seventeen chapters. Yikes! Yeah, you got a way to go. Yeah, that doesn't bode well for that game for me. For me, I mean, I've enjoyed it, but I have to. I mean, Returnal, Ghost, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto Five. Hang on, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves, which I'm sure will come up in a few minutes. Hang on Last a second. This part, what? What? Ghosts what? of Tsushima is cool. I appreciate it. It's I like it. I. It's not really for. I'm not going the rest of the way through it. It's not really for me. I played you my flute. You started it. I'm good. The what was the other ones you made? Grand Theft Auto Five. I've already beaten that game, so that doesn't count. Returnal. Returnal was awesome, but uh, realistically, I'm never going to beat it. I appreciate. It. I had fun with it the few times that I played it, and that's really about. That's going to be it, probably for me. Part one. I only just started that recently. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure. I should have the bog given when I got up. We should have. What else do you got on the list? <laughs> Of things you just know. How, how about Marvel's no, no, Avengers? Can... I gave you a code for that, and you, you never even used it. You did. We, we, we can't get hey. down in this pettiness anymore. Let's continue on. We have a lot to cover. But I did play that game. Uh, anyway, those are favorite games of the past year. Uh, let's move on to TV show. Brian, what's your favorite TV show of the last year? Uh, let's see. I did write something down here. Oh, I really enjoy. <laughs> Uh, I enjoyed the TV show Ghost, which I think was on CBS. That was um, 
a young couple moves into a house. She has like a near death experience and just sees all the ghosts in the house. It's a dumb comedy. It's really okay. funny. It's, it's on CBS. I saw a commercial for it during football the other day. Yeah, I think it's coming back like soon. Okay. I I really I, that was something like uh, Kristen's mom kept saying, "Oh, you got to watch it." I'm like, yeah, 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 sure, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. We watched one episode. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> Amazing. And then we loved it. So, and then of course Obi Wan. We spoke a lot about. Uh, I did enjoy that a lot. Although I was very annoyed with parts of it, but I did like it. But your favorite one for the last year? Ghost. It's Ghost. Okay. Al, what about you? Um, so I will give you a couple of uh, OLIs. Um, I love, love, love Succession. It just barely missed mm. a cut for me. Season three, fantastic season of television. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows, I still have not finished all of this current season, but um, last season, this season... Both fantastic. Uh, Ted Lasso season two, which I watched well the first two seasons of it early this year, but season two came out within that time frame. Mm-hmm. All all fantastic shows worthy of of a lot of credit. But uh, my favorite sh- show that's come out of the past season was actually Loki. Oh, ah, that's what I picked. <laughs> <laughs> Great yeah. Choice. Oh, also I got I got to add on here because I wrote this like a month ago. Uh, by now, I would also include into the outside looking in. House of the Dragon, because it's been fantastic. Hmm. Hmm. Cool. Uh, yeah, Loki, Loki, Loki definitely was, uh, hit the spot for me, because it, like, it scratched that itch of, like, all of the, it's, it's all of the good Marvel stuff in a TV show. It was the, I feel like the first time I really got it. And little to none of the bad. (laughs) Right. And it was just such a well-made thing, and just, like, very off, like, just, like, it's so out there, but... Uh, it's just super entertaining. Great chemistry like on screen. Super engaging. Super weird. Yeah. Good. Good story. Great characters. Um, obviously, the tie-in stuff will pay off as being super important. Brian, I know sure. when I when I saw you and Kristen for yeah. uh, Elio's first birthday, you guys said that you actually liked the show, but dropped off and never had finished it. Have you guys completed it since then? Nope. <laughs> Haven't even given it a second thought. Okay. Fair enough. We started watching Gilmore Girls, uh, and I was just telling Anthony about this earlier. <laughs> Love it. But God forbid I stop playing a game. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you guys you guys actually did the exact same thing. Both you and Grissom were like, oh yeah, we really like Loki. We just never finished it. Yeah. And I was we like, both oh. like like the actor. We like Loki as a character. We like Owen Wilson. We like the show. And we're just like, yeah, moving on. Oh. All right. Favorite movie of the past year? Brian. No, 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 hang on a second. Mm. I started the first one, Brian started the second one. You start this one. You want me to start this one? Uh, yeah, it, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. I that went also my answer. <laughs> amazing. I went, I went back and I forth. I see that. I went through a bunch of stuff on this. Uh, I Obviously, you know from the show, I really enjoyed the Batman. Uh, the, I, I've enjoyed a, a bunch of movies along the year. But however, Spider-Man No Way Home, it, it had all of the elements of the MCU that I love and especially I love I love this iteration of Spider-Man. I think he's great. I also appreciate everything that has come before. And for that like this was there's like this perfect storm. Like there's no way that this could have happened and they did it and it was great and they made it work and the story was perfect and this overlap of old IPs into the new fold and like canonically making sense with what they're doing with the multi, it's just so cool. 
and it's so heartfelt and i just it just blew me away and i also it's it's so fun and then it's also so emotional uh spider-man no way home number one for the past year it was a love letter to all things spider-man with both proper like reverence for all of the good and also the ability to laugh at some of the bad and a mm-hmm. chance to recontextualize some of both of those things from everything that came before, both within this story arc and the story arcs of the other two IPs. It's such a breathtaking, I thought almost it was like a stupid concept. And the <laughs> fact that they were able to execute it into something that was so fantastic with only the slightest bit of cheesiness, I loved that Slight- movie as well. <laughs> I, I loved it too and just bringing charlie cox back as daredevil is just that was awesome makes it that fantastic. was so awesome because daredevil will come up at some point during this i'm a really good lawyer <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, would, I would say that that was my favorite as well my kind of like outside looking in stuff was uh i would i would mention um top gun maverick was mm. really really good i enjoyed that i haven't watched it yet Same. um I actually realized I forgot to write them down. There was, a, there was something else too that I had on this list that I was like, oh, like that was good too that I considered, but uh, didn't make it for me. But uh, yeah, no, that, for me, it's a, it's a clear winner in Spider-Man. Right on. That's awesome. Um, Surprisingly for me, it, I, I, I did like Spider-Man and on one day, maybe that's my answer, but my, my answer tonight is the Batman. And nice. That that is a shock for me because I am not a fan of the Nolan series. Um, before this Batman, if you ask me what my favorite Batman is, I'll tell you Batman and Robin. That's how ch- shitty I am with Batman. Um, <laughs> so I, I was really surprised. I didn't expect to like it. I like Robert Pattinson. Uh, I just didn't see him as Batman. I thought he was my favorite Batman after watching this. All That's he awesome. needed was bat nipples, and he'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that but obviously I, I, would be a consideration for me as well. So I, I, I actually I thought he was a really good Batman. I thought he was a okay Bruce Wayne. Like I didn't really like him as Bruce Wayne, but he was great as Batman. Mm-hmm. And I just liked like the detectiveness of it, like going back to like like the Arkham games that we played, or you were like detective. Sure. Like I really just liked that aspect of it. And I I just I think he is a super underrated actor. Like Twilight fucked him. But if you watch Twilight, he was awesome in Twilight. And I'm not afraid to say that. I can confirm. I actually re- I rewatched. I watched for the first time all of those within the past year and a half. I think I talked Same. about this on the show. Same. Yeah, uh, he, he, was he was he was doing fun. That was it was it's yeah. not it, it's not his fault. <laughs> no, and I think that hurt him. Yeah, but he is a phenomenal actor. Yeah, yeah I uh, I advocated on behalf when they announced him. I was like, oh, I wouldn't have thought that, but I could totally see it. Because I have mentioned on the show in the past, I really enjoyed him in a couple of different things. Specifically, uh, Lost City of Zed, I thought he was really, really, really good in that. Um, and he was Tenet. like, yeah, what's Tenet. that? Tenet. Yeah, he was really, really solid in Tenet. I really enjoyed him in that. And um, I, even, I know neither me nor Anthony particularly liked the movie, but the um, the Safdie movie that he was in, I, I thought he was good, even if the movie wasn't. Uh, remember me was a pretty bad movie but he was good in that that was a cheesy premise too at the end like mm. that was just not needed not with the times stupid yeah. but whatever but he was great right on. so the batman for you then 
It's surprisingly, yes. Hello, Minnie. All right, cool. Well, let's move on to our favorites for the past decade. Uh, Al, do you want to kick us off with your favorite game of the past decade? Uh, sure. Uh, sorry, I lost track of my list here. So um, I will mention my uh, outside looking ins. Uh, I'm going to include uh, Grand Theft Auto V, which uh, Brian brought up not nice. that long ago. Nice. Um, I loved that game, of course. That game came out like 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I played yeah. it 13. First came out on Xbox 360, yep. and it's now been re-released on Xbox One and Xbox X, which is incredible. Um, I have not replayed it in any of those ways, but I loved that game when it came out. I yeah, that was it was amazing. Um, I also obviously particularly enjoyed Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh, that came out a year or two after Grand Theft Auto, and mm. um, I've talked about that series many times. Um, I enjoyed that one despite its open worldness. I thought it could have done a better version of it. I loved that game for like the first year or so it came out. Upon revisiting it, it doesn't quite hold up. Uh, in as well as some of the other Bioware games. It's mm. still a good game, but um, it, my regard for it has actually dropped some. Jedi Fallen Order, fantastic, fantastic game. Loved it so much. We've talked about it so much on this show and Game Bites. And, uh, but for me, favorite game of the past decade, Mass Effect 3, which, okay. again, has been spoken about so many times by me. I, it was the perfect <laughs> culmination. Even if they didn't, even if the end kind of the wheels fell off a bit in the process and obviously that kind of sort of launched Gamergate uh indirectly it was the uh prototype to uh where the uh, online rage campaign for video games could be <laughs> to eventually launch one of the worst chapters in internet history um the complaints about that game's ending and in its time were justified even if the way that those complaints were carried out were very not justified um mm-hmm. I still think it's a fantastic game. It's not perfect. There are some rough edges to the way the story... I think they learned some lessons in writing a story that had branching narratives and open choices that at the end, those things have to come back together and that can cause some pain and try and rein that freedom back in. Um, I don't know what the solution or the answer is, generally speaking, because I don't know if you can have your cake and eat it too on all of that, but... I still love that game so very much. And I you being the cake, Richard being the two. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just started up uh, Mass Effect 3 on Legendary Edition uh, like a cool. week ago. So. Nice. Maybe one day I will make my way through those games. I can't do it. One I tried. Day. I have Mass Effect on on PC like around the time. I don't remember when I got that, but I, I, couldn't, get, I couldn't do it. Mass Effect I'm, Legendary Edition, I tried. Couldn't do it. I, I, I don't know. It's just not in the cards for me. I loved the first one the first time I played it. I loved it. Now, as I soon as you get the Mako, I just want to just not play it ever again. It's really not that bad. Like, it's it's bad for Mako. <laughs> but it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. All right, Brian. Favorite game of the right. past decade? It, it, it's easy for me. It's The Last of Us. Okay. Cool. Yeah, we've we've spoken about it to death. We don't have to get touch anymore, but it's it's The Last of Us. I mean, uh, bri- I... I was say brief aside. Did you guys see the trailer for the the show? Yes. 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 I didn't get a chance to watch it, yet, but I figured <laughs> you guys would be all over it. So yeah, I I am uh I I was not sold on Pedro Pascal's Joel from the start. Like I just I couldn't picture him as Joel. And then when they showed a picture of him, he didn't have the full beard. He just looked a little I 
don't know, not right. I'm like, I don't know. But in this trailer, seeing him actually move around in the world, I'm like, yep, yeah. that's Joel. Yeah, it, it's but it's pretty it, spot it, on. It took pictures didn't do it justice. It took even though he doesn't even speak, just seeing him move around in that environment, like with Ellie, with Marlene, with Tess, like it, it, that's that's what sold it. I'm like, yep, yeah, he's yeah. Uh, Al, I'll be seeing you in a couple weeks. If you could remember to remind me, there's a PS3 and a copy of The Last of Us in my attic <laughs> that you can oh, that's borrow. Right. You mentioned that last <laughs> I would love for you to play that game. So, I mean, yeah, if you're gonna just give it to me, I'll give yeah. it a shot. Cool. Uh, that yeah, to- makes total sense that that would be your pick. Um, I, I'm actually kind of curious what your favorite game of all time is going to be because I was actually fully expecting that to be it. So we'll get there soon uh for me i'm going with star wars jedi fallen order um i've it's probably one of the only games in the past uh, it probably in the past decade that i've actually played through multiple times like i usually don't i barely as brian as brian has mentioned earlier i barely make it through the beginning of a game but i've played through that game i think twice on on different difficulties which is another thing that i don't do and, and different consoles. And different consoles. And I love it. Like, it is just, it is everything that I wanted a Star Wars video game to be. And, like, to to merge those two things that I love. Like, I love video games and I love Star Wars. And, like, this is the perfect marriage of those things. Until, until this point, I think my favorite Star Wars video game was Star Wars Jedi Power Battles on the, on the original <laughs> PlayStation. <laughs> but this Full was just... So fantastic! I'm it's so excited so for good. the next one. I know. I and I really, I really want to play it again. I actually played the intro a couple more times when I was testing out the new consoles with their like updated versions. It looks amazing. The sound design is incredible. It just feels right. Like that is what a Star Wars game should feel like. And Respawn is amazing. Um, yeah. All right. TV show for the past decade. Uh, I will start this one off. With Ted Lasso, I I love Ted Lasso. It is a so as we kind of mentioned earlier um, with the TV show. I'm more about the short form TV show. I prefer a more sitcom like approach. This is not that because it has a full story that goes the whole length of the, of multiple seasons, but it kind of captures that essence and it make, it's just like a really feel good show, even if it does have some drama in it. And it's just so well executed and all of the characters are perfect. They're just all perfect. And I don't understand how that could possibly be the case. Uh, but I, I absolutely love Ted Lasso. So are that's, you, uh, are you going to buy FIFA to play as Richmond? I'm not. <laughs> Richmond? Is that them? Yeah. <laughs> Like I, I will not Richmond, be buying right? FIFA. Yep. He, he, he didn't look that great. <laughs> game it's still kind of cool, though. It, it's oh, it's cool. awesome. But yeah. I feel like he didn't look great. Oh. Uh, Al, what about you? All right. So, well, one thing I realized, I, uh, I forgot something in my detailing of my history of getting super into television. Because it was another show happening roughly the same time as the following that was a, like a serialized um, network show. So this will be part of my OLIs. This one, obviously, you can consider television being my thing. We're talking a decade. I have a bunch of shows that I had to get through to consider before I came into my final answer, although I'm pretty sure Anthony will be able to guess my final answer for the past decade. My OLIs are Succession, Game of Thrones, Newsroom, Parks and Rec, Hannibal, which is the one I forgot to mention as part of my uh, <laughs> yep. my, foren- my forensics of my um, 
watching. I honestly that. thought you were just burying the lead on Hannibal. <laughs> no, I I forgot it in my recounting. I told you I wrote this all up a couple of weeks ago. That was this this category was really how I was able to come up with the roadmap to watch. Yeah, it. Um, Fargo and uh, the Expanse, which is the uh, that and Succession, the two most ones of all of those. But my answer for my favorite show of the decade, Anthony, do you want to guess? Because I'm sure you better, better call, call Saul. Saul. No. Though that one should have been on here as well. Wow, we had the same the guess, Ant. No, the American. Oh, right, of course. <laughs> of course, that's obviously. Uh, that makes sense. I would like yeah, to you, change Al's answer. Not you, my answer. You've loved that, uh, and you, you've shared your love of it for, for, for 200 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh, Brian, what about you? Uh, I had two answers, and I, I really don't know where I land. Um. One of them is Daredevil. Okay. Uh, I did recently okay. rewatch all of Daredevil. So I started rewatching Daredevil after the rumors that Charlie Cox was in Spider Man. Mm. I'm like, all right, Daredevil's great. Let me rewatch it. Still great. Yeah. Really looking forward to see what they do with him now with the new show. It seems like it's not going to be a continuation. It's going to be like a soft reboot ish, but at least it's still him because I thought he was great. Yeah, they they actually came out pretty definitively a couple weeks ago and said that it's it's going to be. Yeah, but they also definitively said he wasn't in the MCU when they were trying to de- like, say things. So <laughs> they definitively said he was adjacent to the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no. Um, when Spider-Man rumors of him coming in, he was like, "I'm not in it. I don't wait." Like they denied it all. So I, I don't believe. Oh, did he? I actually, I most of the stuff I saw was comments by McGuire and Garfield. I actually, I that was a pleasant. I did a really good job of avoiding spoilers outside of everyone knew the two of them were. That was the dumbest charade in the world. Um, I avoided the Daredevil spoiler before, so that was a a genuine joyous moment for me watching that movie. Same. And just before it happens, going, it's going to (laughs) be. But uh, I I knew it was coming. I was so happy. I saw the pictures. Like, there was leaked images of him in the apartment. And I just thought uh, that was really just a weird thing that you had the original Foggy there. (laughs) <laughs> um, what the hell's his name? Uh, John uh, Fa- Favreau? How do you say his name? He was yes. the Foggy Nelson in the yeah, Ben Affleck one. He was. Yes. So he sure I saw was. that was pretty funny. But um, the other answer would be Secrets and Lies. I don't know if you guys watch Secrets and Lies. That is a very underrated show that they never should have canceled. I don't oh, know. I've heard of that one. It got two seasons. Um, the first season was at Ryan Philippi, and it was. Um, like a kid was killed, he was the main suspect, and there was a cop coming after him for it. And then the second season was that Michael Ely, his wife was killed. It was the same cop investigating it, so the cop was the same like constant for both seasons. It was just really like good twists and just in, like investigating. It was a fun show, and then it ended on a cliffhanger, and then it never came back. Huh. that's lame. I hate when but- shows end that way, and like they kind of don't really talk about it that it's ending it's like oh yeah it's gonna maybe but go away if, if you take that cliffhanger out of it though and just take it as like both se- like they were two fantastic seasons and we just rewatched it a couple months ago and it, it's great nice right on yeah. all right so going into uh favorite movie of the past decade brian so this this is an odd answer and it just misses the decade, but I'm going to go with it anyway. <laughs> okay. Because um, it came out in 2011. Mm. 
And I have a reason why I'm picking it. Again, it's an odd no. answer. I don't watch a lot of movies. Go ahead, why now? No, I say like, we'll allow that it's a year outside of the uh, the decade. It's okay. <laughs> the Oscars <It's>... do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, and I, again, I do have a reason, and I it's just I don't I can't think of movies easily when mm. I have to. And I'm going with Midnight in Paris. Did you guys have you guys seen this movie? Do you know what it is? I have heard of it, and I can't place it. It's, it's it Owen is. Wilson. Yes! I actually watched that not that long ago. I love that movie. It's so good! And we It's one of those movies like where you're kind of half asleep at night, and you want to put something up. We put that on yes! like, at least once a month. <laughs> That's how I ended up watching it. It was like 11.30 at night. I was like, I'm not tired enough yet. I've always, I, Oh, this seems kind of interesting. I put it on, and then I was up for the whole thing, and I was like, well, I did not expect that. What a treat. <laughs> Fantastic movie. What a weird coincidence. You, I think you would like that one, Al. It's, uh, he like, gets in a cab in present-day Paris and then goes back to like 1920s Paris. Oh, okay. He meets like um, uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald, uh, Hemingway. Who else does he meet? He meets like other people of that time. Yeah, that's really it's it's cool. It's a fun one. Yeah, awesome. I like it. Uh, Paul Paul's a douche. <laughs> Al, what about you? <laughs> so this is a weirdly eclectic list that I have. I tried to keep this one brief because this one could have also gotten way out of hand for how like many movies I could have put on here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have the Last Jedi. I have Thor Ragnarok. I have Annihilation. I have Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and most importantly, I have Cloud Atlas. Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I thought you guys fell in the anti-Last Jedi camp. No. No. God, no. We're the only Car- ones vocally out there. <laughs> oh, no. I, I love it. I, I like, love we are both card-carrying members of the loud... We're the loud voices of the silent majority? Yeah. Right? I think that's yes. the way to put it, because I think if you do the math, more people liked it than disliked it. It's just most people are aware of the people who disliked it more so than the ones who liked it. No. <laughs> I, I, I didn't really care for some of the Luke stuff, but I loved the movie. Yeah, it's... I was actually... I, I, almost, I almost made it mine out of spite. Uh, <laughs> which wouldn't have been the right reason to do it. But it's, it was close, because like that one... It was really special to me. And I also Ragnarok, I agree. I was thinking about that as well. Great choice. But ultimately it came down to I needed one of these movies in my list somewhere. And this one was perfect um, within the last few years to fit in the second thing and, and capture all of the magic that these movies hold for me. And I went with Jay and Silent Bob rebooted. And oh. the reason being, one, it's, it is absolutely hilarious. And two, it's like the culmination of all of this work and all of these movies that I love and so many references. And the movie can't exist without all of the other ones. So I feel like it's a a way of choosing all of those movies as my favorite movie of the past decade is by choosing this one. And it's just so special to me. And I just I, I appreciate the journey that Kevin Smith has gone on. And I just think it's so fascinating and interesting. And I love how vocal he is about what he does and the choices he makes and how passionate it is about the movies that he makes and how he keeps his friends in it. And like, he's just having a good time. 
And it really comes through. And this is one of the ones where it comes through because everybody that came back wanted to be back for it. Like it was just a re- like everybody on screen is having a blast, including Al's favorite actor of all time, Ben Affleck. And his, his scene gets me every time that I watch it where like I almost cry. It's really good. I hate Wait, does that-, that you did that to me, but it gave me the opportunity to quote my favorite movie of the past decade, Cloud Atlas. Fuck you, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, yeah. So anyway. Uh, Ryan, to answer the question that you didn't get to ask, I can't stand Ben Affleck. Well, I was going to say, I, I feel like you hate him after this. I, I hated him for no reason. And then I saw In Time, and I thought he would... Is it In Time? No, not In Time. What's the other Tim Blake movie? The one gambling. I don't know. He was a great bad guy in that. The Gambling. poker, online poker stuff. Online poker? I don't think I've yeah. seen that. No, he was a great bad guy. And I'm like, all right, he's pretty good. Yeah. I, mean, I like him after no, that. I can't stand him. I think he's a terrible actor. I think he's a terrible actor because the only roles he's good in is when he plays an asshole, and I don't think he's that. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what he was in... <laughs> That's what he was in the movie that I liked. Yeah, no, he's great at playing an asshole. Wonder why. Oh man, but see, in this role, yes. it's making amends with that stuff. It's so you should you. It's. So, <laughs> it's uh, so. I enjoyed. I I remember enjoying uh, Runner was, Runner is the movie. I'm okay, uh, I know of it. I never saw it. Um, I remember liking Jane Silent Bob reboot well enough when mm-hmm. we saw it. I realized though that I don't seem to have retained any memory of that movie really, oh. other than just vague images. It's so good. I, I've I've never seen it, and Anthony has told me to watch it. And I never have. Did Clerks Three actually come out yet, or what? It I did. Yeah, yeah, it did. Really, Clear. really. I remember. I remember hearing a lot of talk about that it was going to come out. I don't remember anyone talking about the movie once it came out. Yeah, we haven't spoken since I've seen it. It's great. I really, really, oh. really enjoyed it. I feel like it, it got reviewed well, too. It's, okay. it's I, a that's slow... what I'm saying. I don't even remember seeing the reviews. Like, I, I, I want to see it, but I just... I got to say, I, I was nervous for the first, like, 20 minutes of it. I was like, uh, uh-oh. Like, it's not, it's <laughs> not really doing it. It's not doing the thing. I'm not sure how I feel about it. And then... And then they settle in, and it it is like the perfect. <laughs> it's the perfect uh, ending to this Clerks trilogy. That do do that they bring set. up thirty seven? Oh, so much. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Kevin Smith. One of you know how he used to wear those hockey jerseys. Yeah, yeah. I have one of them. It's got his face. It basically looks like the like the was it Chiefs, but it's him with his hat backwards, and he's mm. smoking a blunt. And the number is 37. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty, it's awesome. I think it would be the Blackhawks, right? Yeah, probably. It looks like. I have no idea. Chiefs would be football. football. Oh, sorry. But that's what it looks like. It actually looks like a football one. Is there, is there a, is there one that looks like that that is hockey? Let me look this up. The, I'm mean, um, I guess the Blackhawks. Blackhawks. Yeah, if you're talking about it I don't know like sports, an, so, and I'm not. If you're, if you're talking about it looking like a Native American, it would be the Blackhawks, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but anyway, that it's it's really good. Worth seeing. Definitely need to see the other two to fully appreciate it. Um, I'd probably rewatch the first two. I definitely remember the second one better than the first one. I remember enjoying the second one better than yeah, the first the, one. The, the second one is is more slapstick funny. Um, yeah. There's actually the the return of Elias from the second one is pretty great. And every single time he's on screen, 
he's got a completely new and ridiculous costume <laughs> every single time. It's and there's a reason for it, but it's so good. <laughs> You'll enjoy it. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, wait, was that everybody? Was that everybody for movie? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Moving on to favorite movie, game, and TV series of all time. Uh, let's start with the games. Who wants to go first? I mean, it, it's pretty simple. I already said it. it's The Last of Us Part One. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> you're, you're you're picking it for both? Did you pick it for the last? Oh, okay, cool. All right, I appreciate it. That's fine. I'm surprised. <laughs> I, but you're, you're right. It's Rainbow Six Extraction. Ah! Uh, if you hear that, it's my desk going out of control right now, going up and down. All right. Um, so I guess no further questions. Um, Al, what's yours? All right. Some, uh, some. We got a, a few of them. I, this is a is the most diverse list that I have of all of them. I think is my all time games. Um, the ones I considered before coming to my final answer here. Mm. So. I got some of them clustered because I have multiple games for the same series. So I got GTA 4 and GTA Vice City because I loved both those games in sure. the, uh, mid to late aughts. Mm. Um, Rainbow Six Vegas. Mm. Different Rainbow Six game. Vegas is great. I loved that game. That was the first game that I really truly sunk into an online component of. Like Played with a lot of the same people all the time. Like People I, I didn't know. I don't think I ever played a single match of that with someone I knew. It was people I became friends with through that game, which was really cool. It was the only time I really had that. That's awesome. I, I love. I have. A, I have a little bit of that with Halo Two, but that's that is awesome. Well, now that you mentioned that, I have Halo Two and Three on here um, because I definitely enjoyed the shit out of those games. Halo Three came out while I was in high school, and that was the the next game of those that I played a ton of online. Um, the Gears of War series. Gears of War was the first game that I remember like seeing a commercial for and being like, I want to play that game. Mm-hmm. And I loved those games. I was much more campaign than online with those. Um, Star Wars Battlefront 2, which is the other Star Wars game I put up with you, is with alongside uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Of, the first Battlefront 2, right? Yeah, yeah. the PS2 oh. Battlefront 2. Yeah. Just sure. <laughs> um, important distinction. Dragon Age 2, which we talked about a bunch of times, my favorite of the Dragon Age games. Um, Here's a, a random one, uh, random two, actually. The Lord of the Rings Return of the King tie-in game, the third mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, fantastic game. I love yeah, that game. I put this, I have the second one for the, that, it was really good. The second one was good. The third one was great. That's um, awesome. I had so much fun. Played so many hours of that game. Uh, also played another tie-in to that game, uh, Lord of the Rings The Third Age, which was like like a JRPG styled game that was supposed to be telling like some of the in-between like stitching of what was going on during the war. Oh, cool. That, uh, which I had a lot of fun with. I played through that game multiple times, but the one true answer, greatest game, my favorite game of all time, obviously. Mass Effect. Two. Yes. <laughs> Mass Effect two. Nice. That's cool. I appreciate that you, uh, giving your mentions for all of these. I, I went through these lists, of things that I've played in my mind. And like, I definitely searched like the years to see what came out and ultimately just decided to like go with the one, but I, I, I like highlighting the other. Well, I, I went through it. I like, I, I had to go through considerations. I realized there's two other games that I didn't leave off. I left off this because they were just like prior. I didn't think about it. Like, cause really my 
full-blown like gaming started with xbox 360 so like all of those games were 360 and on um on the gamecube i played as a teenager so many fucking hours of super smash brothers melee and cell damage oh my similar god cell damage concept. cell damage yeah similar kinds of games right we're just like fucking like like battle royale type of stuff I loved those games. They were great to play if you had friends over, sure. whatever. Like, just like good party games because you could just. I, had, I forgot about Cell Damage. That was fun. Cell Damage. I loved that game. That one. They was... re-released that on the PlayStation Vita at one point. Oh wow! Oh really? That one was kind of more of like the niche version of where like Melee was the mainstream one from that time. But I loved Cell Damage. Hmm. It's funny, I was thinking about when you were talking about playing Vegas with a bunch of people that, like, you didn't know you met them playing the game, and I, we had a few, like, I played Halo 2 with a bunch of people that I did know, but we definitely made some acquaintances that ended up becoming regulars in our group of online play. One who I will never forget was Greg from Texas, who's just <laughs> the funniest guy, he was so fun to play with, and his gamer tag was you till death, and I remember being Greg. Why you till death? I think it says because I tried to do until death and I spelt it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he was awesome. It's just like you just met these characters along the way, and um, people that I knew would like like we all would play together a bunch, and he I played with him regularly too. So like when people that I knew would get into a group with us, they'd be like, "Who is that?" And he would answer, and he said. It's Greg, with no context of who else it was. And then a long pause, and then he would just go naked. And it was just, <laughs> it, I just remember, like, these goofy experiences that you'd have with these people that you'll never meet or know. Um, maybe that true. I'm pretty sure Brian has met some of the people that he's played games with. I, I think I went and got sushi mm-hmm. with him and some of these people once. <laughs> cool. No, I got sushi with people of Minnesota. Who you got they? sushi with people from World of Warcraft. Uh, okay, that's not who you took me to see who meet and get sushi. You got sushi probably with Frank, who I actually knew in real life. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, all right. So for me, uh, and this might surprise Brian, but favorite game of all time. Wait, hold you on. Guess. Do, do you remember the the old podcast we used to do when we podcasted with those people? Yeah, from Minnesota that I met yeah. the game, and the we somehow started talking about like Disney porn names, and the the best one was that dude about the Little Mermaid. Do you remember that? I, I don't remember what it was. Poor unfortunate holes. Yes. <laughs> wow. That was fantastic. I'll never forget that. that like yeah, he just came up with that, that out of nowhere. Or he had that ready to go for years. Right. It's just waiting for the perfect moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh Brian, what's my favorite game of all time? I'm gonna probably just say Halo. That no. would have been my game. Um Give me another one. Star Star Wars LB1. <laughs> That's a good guess. It's not bad. <laughs> um Banja Kazoo. Minority Report? No. All right. Is there, is I'm <laughs> going with The Last of Us Part 2. All right. I never I guessed that. but love. So this is yet another time that Brian didn't choose that game. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah. Well, I chose part one. I know, I know. Yeah, but you could have chosen for the else. past ten and then picked The Last of Us for all time. I know. I, I'm just joking because after all of that, you were the one who raved and raved and raved. I remember Anthony saying he loved part two as well. But he's the one who chose it as his favorite game of all time after all of this. <laughs> it's just funny to me. I still chose the same series. No, I know. Sure. It's just I, it's just funny how it works. It's out. just, with that game, like, I've been playing The Last of Us remake, and it's great. The Last of Us Part 1, it's awesome. I love it. I think it's fantastic. I, I think The Last of Us Part 2 is unreal and can only be that way because it builds on the former game, right? That it can't exist without... The former content, similar to my favorite movie of the past decade, which was Jay and Silent Bob, right? Like it, that couldn't exist without all of the stuff that came before it. So it is like a with a very heavy nod to Part One. It's The Last of Us. I'm part actually, two. I'm play. I, I platinum with Part One, and I'm playing Part Two right now, mm. and um, it, it is really good. It's just that game goes places and it gets there fast, and then it sits in it. And then it goes even further and it sits in it. And it's just like, it's so emotional. And it's one of like the best movies I've ever played. Oh, yeah. It's unreal. Um, but anyway, that's that's mine. Uh, Al, what is your favorite TV show? Okay. So some of my uh, honorable mentions are shows that we mentioned in the uh, forensics section. <laughs> 24, Family Guy, South Park. To include Archer, obviously. Love that mm-hmm. show. Um, Breaking Bad. Despite its ups and downs, the original run of Dexter. The Wire. Fantastic, fantastic show. But my favorite show of all time is Scrubs. Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> I'm so glad. It's so good. I, I, one day I will see the rest of it, but it is... I, I've, I've loved every episode that I've watched, and that's all thanks to you pushing me to watch it. It's as close as you can come to the perfect show. I mean, like, The Americans is right up there as well. Uh, you could have interchanged those two for me, but I wanted to get that one in with the decade conversation, and I want to give love to both these shows. And the one, the one thing that Scrubs has over The Americans is that it has a wider range of outcomes. Not that there was never anything funny that happened in The Americans. There's a handful of things that happened that were laugh-out-loud funny, but it is a dark, serious show. and. Scrubs could make you laugh. It can make you cry. It can make you do all things, all points in between. It can be super, and serious. it can do all of that in one episode. Could do all of that from within a scene. Yeah, um, you could laugh and cry at the same time, both happy tears and sad tears. Like it's, and it could be super serious, and it could be super cheesy. And it was great performances. It was great characters. It was of all of the shows that I've really loved, with the exception of like animated stuff, like early Archer or obviously like South Park for most of its run or Family Guy for most of its run could be very episodic in a way that I kind of railed against earlier. Scrubs definitely walked that line, but it had more through line story to me, in my opinion, than a lot of those other shows did. I know other ones obviously dabbled in it, but it's, it's the, the perfect show as far as I'm concerned. Uh, not, not to interrupt, but breaking news as of recording this, Coolio has died. Wow. wow. That's a really random thing to just come up of all people no rip man i have to i think i ended up in the i want to say fifth season of scraps i'm not really sure where we where we left off but let's uh i'll pick that back up and we we go through waves of watching that show 
pausing and then going back to it for like another couple of seasons and then pausing. So, but it's that's so, okay. It's so good. Take your time and enjoy it. That was probably that was the first show that I ever rewatched. It was it was such a weird one for me. It was coming up to its conclusion uh, late for me in high school, and at that time I wasn't watching it live. Otherwise, it would have been part of my quote unquote forensics uh, conversation. I caught random episodes like after school, like with friends a couple of times. And then I started watching it. Like when I would see it was like on comedy central for like an hour after I would get home from school in high school. And it's like, Oh, this is a good show. I, I would have watched this cause I knew it was ending. So it was like, I would have watched this if I knew, you know I mean? Again, this started when I was like 10 or 11 years old. Sure. Um, and I randomly caught it during times like late in high school and into like post high school where this is after we had direct TV. We had WGN, which is like a <laughs> largely Chicago based yeah. network, I guess. Um, and it used to have reruns every night from like 11 PM to like 2 AM or something like that. And nights like during the summer. Cause I think that was really where I started watching it a ton in earnest is the summer after senior high school. If I was just up late, I would watch episodes of scrubs and they would basically air them consecutively. And yeah. so I then I just started recording them. Once I saw that they started the season from like the, the series from season one, I just started recording them on like the DVR, and then I would watch them and cruise through to watch it. I was like, oh, I've seen so much of it at this point. I should actually try and put the pieces together. And I watched the whole show that way. So I watched every episode probably three or four times, some time or other. It's been a long time since I've really watched it. I know when you started watching them, you put them up on Plex. I was watching through a little bit of the first season. Yeah. I, fell off. I was watching with, with Gianna and we kind of fell off from it, but I, I would, that's another show I'd love to get back to and watch, but there are so many episodes. Yeah. Um, it would take forever to get through, which I'm not saying that's not a project that would be worth my time because I still, anytime I come across a reference to it or a little clip someone puts online or whatever, it still brings a smile to my face. I love that yeah. show so much. So, so good. Good. Great choice. Brian, what's your favorite show of all time? It kind of, changes it's between two for the most part it's between friends and it's always sunny in philadelphia oh great choice and it depends on how maniacal i want to be if i'm in like a bad mood it's always sunny (laughs) philadelphia because dennis is a psychopath and i just love it uh if i'm in a good mood it's probably friends what are you gonna go with though today today I'm in a good mood. I'll go with friends today. What I don't day wanna, is today? Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, you made it half <laughs> of work today, so. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I'm with you on friends. That is, I mean, for me, that one wasn't even a question. It was the it was the answer was already there when I was writing it out. I, I love friends. I've talked about it a million times on this show. Brian and I have bonded over friends over the years. We watched infinite amounts of friends working at the pizzeria together. It's just a perfect comedy i love it it's it's this yeah. it's heartfelt the characters the characters play off of each other better in that show than in anything else they're just they're amazing and uh you quick, can see quick side note yeah um, matthew perry has a like a meet and greet book signing i think in like princeton sometime soon which oh, cool. is way cheaper than expected like how much do you think that would be you get the book and like you hear him talk and all that crap i have no idea like I would think it'd be expensive. It's only forty dollars. I was and gonna say fifty. Like, so should cool. we? 
Yeah, I was saying, before, take a chip. before you said cheap, it. I would have guessed like a hundred or so bucks. But then once you said cheap, I was like, I don't know, fifty. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, forty bucks. We keep thinking about it, but we haven't done it. But anyway, sorry, go on. No, no, you're fine. Uh, but it's just I feel like it's one of the most quotable shows. I uh, make you laugh, make you cry. I actually, I've been I've been rewatching it like randomly over the course of mm-hmm. the past few months. Uh, our, our daily ritual at the end of the day, when I give Elio his last bottle, we sit on the couch and I put friends on. And he actually seems to be actually watching it, which is really funny. Uh, but I've just been enjoying it. And I recently watched the episode where Rachel gives birth to Emma. And the whole thing happens with the ring in Ross's pocket. And Joey picks up the jacket and picks up the ring off the floor. She... And I thought, I think to myself, rewatching it, like, oh man, it's such a bummer that all of this time is lost. Like, because in that moment, you really want Ross and Rachel to get together and, like, for that to be it. And it doesn't happen. And it's such a bummer, but it's worth everything that you have to go through to get, I got off the plane. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just. If you didn't didn't at least tear up a little bit the first time you saw it, you're dead inside. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Uh, I love Friends so much. Cool. Moving on to favorite movie of all time, Brian. Can I can I, can I venture two guesses? Uh, you you should only need one. Oh, really? Yeah. Dirty work. No. Blue streak. No. Oh, all right. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Die Hard. Oh, okay. Oh, all, right. okay. all right. Fair enough. Fair so enough. you. After your two guesses were a movie I've never heard of before and a movie I've heard of but never watched before. You never so. heard of Dirty Work? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I made Kristen watch it after Bob Saget passed away because he directed it. I think mm. he did something with it, and uh, it, it holds up. It's a right. Ridiculous not, movie. Not it doesn't hold up as well as I thought it would have, but it still holds up. Basically, Norm Macdonald and um, uh, what's the other guy's name? Um, I think he does a lot of stuff with Howard Stern. Oh my god, his name's on the tip of my tongue. Andy, something. Sorry, I don't know who. Uh, I don't. It'll come back to me anyway. Basically, like they they open up a revenge. Yeah, that's it. They open up a a business that's like a revenge for hire, and they like basically just pull pranks on people for revenge, and it's fantastic. There was a there was a time. Uh, many, many years ago where I had to watch Dirty Work and Brian had to watch The Pest. Oh my god, The Pest was so bad. <laughs> the Pest that was so not good. an even trade. <laughs> it I absolutely is. They're both of the same caliber. The No, no. Do not do <laughs> Dirty Work like that. The Pest is not in any movie's caliber well, except the movies that get cancelled and don't make it, it out. You know what's funny? There is a every like every once in a while a movie will have a scene that really sticks with you, like as being really funny and will flat and this this scene flashed into my head a couple of times a week. It's, Wait, is it in the pest? No. <laughs> Oh, okay. It's in Dirty Work. The scene where he's bobbing behind the person looking for him is pretty humorous. Oh, it's Dirty Work when Hardy Lang is just standing there holding the fish. With the fish? <laughs> <laughs> it's so, so stupid. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. All right. So Die Hard. Good choice. Good choice. Al, what about you? This list would have been impossible, so I tried to keep it pretty um, hmm. pretty brief. Um, the throw on the aforementioned Jurassic Park. Step Brothers, obviously, fantastic, fantastic comedy. Hmm. Um, 
really off the board just in sense of like considering it's well before my lifetime. Blazing Saddles, sure. fantastic. And you can name any of my love of the of Star Wars and so many other things. Uh, Lord of the Rings, all three of those movies, obviously. Yeah, um, get a cheat and put those up in here, but uh, but especially cheat and put my favorite movie for of all time for this. Just to get it on here is The Departed. So. Okay. Cool. Can, can I ask you a Blazing Saddles question? Sure. Sure. Do you think right now in 2022 they can release that as is and not get like destroyed? It's one of those really dumb debates because it purposefully, and I'm not right. accusing you of this, but like the because this happens all the time. Like, whatever comes up, people like have some version of the conversation. It's so lacking in context and nuance to try and have that conversation for the most part. People look at it in the broadest ways because I think a lot of people don't actually. But I feel like we're so dumb as a society that we couldn't release it because people are just going to latch on to one scene and say, nope, can't do it. So you're you're right. Actually, you could not probably release it 100, 100% how it was. But the spirit of what it was trying to do is satire of people who are terrible? I actually kind of regret asking it. I don't think we're equipped to answer these questions. No, well, maybe not. I don't know. So the thing is, like, I guess because the conversation tends to devolve into something either incredibly stupid or, like, people, like, pretend they're going to have the conversation and then, like, just pivot off to something else entirely. Um, I, I mean, most of it, I, I think you could do some version of. You might have to clean up some things here and there. But most of the conversation about, like, it's, it's about the treatment of black people by terrible racists and the black people, people keep winning and showing how dumb the racists are. Like, that's the point of the movie. Mm-hmm. There would be specific jokes and lines throughout the course of the movie they would have to clean up because, uh, hell, like, I think probably the one that goes under the radar is, like, towards the end when, like, they break the fourth wall and they end up in Hollywood and Dom DeLuise is directing all those guys mm-hmm. and starts calling them gay slurs. Like that's probably the worst of what, cause like that is actually mean spirited. That's not played for as satire. Like that ends up being actual homophobic jokes. That's the thing that probably would need to be changed. The stuff that happens early on in the movies is stuff that is supposed to be, sending up and lampooning racism. It's not being racist on its own. The point is to reveal that racism is dumb. Stop doing it. You gotta remember... We're too stupid. These are the people of the land. (laughs) (laughs) Common clay. It's one of the the new west. (laughs) You know. In a word. Morons. (laughs) Yeah, they're morons. (laughs) Uh, I do love that movie. Uh, the part, I mean, the departed is a great choice. That movie goes places. I like it's, it is. It, I mean, it plays into shock value towards the end, but like, yeah. it's great though. Like the way that it all comes together. You know, I love spoilers. I knew nothing about that movie when I saw it, and when when Leo took one to the face, I, I was in shock. Yeah, spoiler. <laughs> you go. You go. <laughs> I mean, it's like a. How old is that movie? Not fifteen years old. Whatever. Yeah, it was like two thousand six. You go, oh, and then the other elevator door opens, and you go, oh, <laughs> we're just gonna keep doing this. Yeah, when that first happened, so genuinely shocking to me. It was probably the first time that I can really recall while watching a movie, clutching your pearls. Time. 
no, not touching my pride. I think that is a different connotation. Where I genuinely was like, oh fuck, like not in like you know in like a jump scare scare way, but in like a truly and completely did not see that coming. Yep, it was uh, that one got me for sure. I uh, care to wager a guess as to what mine is, Al? <laughs> um, it's either going to be eighty nine Batman or the Dark Knight. <laughs> Fair enough. It is The Dark Knight, of course. Uh, as mentioned on this show numerous times, that is my favorite movie of all time. It's perfect, in my opinion. I think that uh, it it basically brings together a whole bunch of things that I love. Like I, I, I already loved Christopher Nolan movies, so that was one. I love Batman, and my favorite comic villain is the Joker, and this is the best and ultimate performance and portrayal of the Joker. So like, it was just it, the way that movie came together really blew me away. Um, and it, I'm going to make a statement that I'm not even going to argue. Christopher Nolan way overrated. You can have, you can have terrible opinions. It's fine. He himself admits all the time to having terrible opinions. <laughs> I do do it's that. True. But this one's not <laughs> He's overrated. He said, dude. Um, so the com- <laughs> <laughs> The conversation about overrated and underrated, even if the you can largely agree or disagree with them, like it's hard to say that they're quote unquote wrong opinions because it's arguing degrees of yeah. stuff. Because someone can be fantastic and still be over. I I, I don't not like I don't agree with you we, in this case. But we just I, there's uh, an argument that can be made. Sure. We just it was probably two years ago. So we watched the the Batman trilogy, the Nolan trilogy. I did not like Batman Begins. The Dark Knight was all right, and I thought The Dark Knight Rises had a lot of plot holes. Kill me. It does. One of those three things that you said was correct. <laughs> the plot holes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, this has been fun. Thank you for humoring yeah. me. <laughs> uh, I think with that, it's time to dive into, what, two and a half hours later, <laughs> our flick of the week. Uncharted, released in 2022, rated PG-13 with a one hour and 56 minute run time. Your IMDb synopsis. Street smart Nathan Drake is recruited by seasoned treasure hunter Victor Sully Sullivan to recover a fortune amassed by Ferdinand Magellan and lost 500 years ago by the house of Moncada. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Al, why don't you kick us off with your tweet length review? All right, before I piss either of you off, because I've never played the game, so I have sure. no reverence or... No, that's fine. A surprise, I have no issues with that. A surprisingly fun, if predictably dopey, adventure movie. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'd watch another? <laughs> Six out of ten. <laughs> nice. Brian, do you want to give us yours? Yeah. Um, so a weird place to start. Somewhat inconsistent, but a lot of fun. Six out of ten as well. Wow. Okay. Wow. Get ready to be blown away. Number of the beast. (laughs) (laughs) Not a perfect one, but maybe the best video game adaptation to the big screen yet. Six out of ten. False. False. I uh, I was expecting you guys to have like super low ratings, and I don't know how this adapted the games, but I know you guys played both of them, and I was just like, this feels like the type of movie that is made for people like me who've never played them before, but like tangentially know what it's about. Whereas like people who've played the games before are like, 
this is blasphemy. I'm going to burn down the studio. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see like, you know, you can you can go at it that way for sure if you want to. Uh, I can appreciate that there's a reason. I mean, Al, you, you and I have talked about this. There's a reason there's an Oscar for adapted screenplay when it comes to like a book to a movie. Like this is a similar yeah. concept. Like a video game does not work as a movie. It can't. It's just the, the point of the video game is to play it. So like you have to yeah. adjust the storylines and whatnot enough to make it fit a more cohesive narrative that can be viewed on the big screen. So like I knew it wasn't going to be like the first game for example uh and it doesn't it just does an interesting mix of many parts of all of the games in this story which was interesting i i just and that's why i think it's a weird place to start and that's why i said that Mm -hmm. um i think casting tom holland a younger actor to be nathan drake is fine Mm -hmm. um but you have plenty of material from uncharted 3 and 4 that you can make use of a younger drake and they didn't. Well, they did in a post-credit scene, but that was really it. Yeah. So my impression, again, knowing very little of the game series, really all I know is like when I've seen the trailer for each new game coming out, or like tangentially seeing something about a review about one when they came out, I always got the impression that Drake was older than this, so I wondered if this was a movie that was like a prequel that drew off of potentially flashbacks from the other games Mm. no no so they i think drake is 30 34 35 in the first game they they have an actual age somewhere around there but that's that's Um, what i was getting at this drake is like 22 yeah and they do so they have flashbacks in uncharted 3 and uncharted 4 with the younger drake and uncharted 3 shows when the young drake meets sully and the post credit scene is from Uncharted 3. Same outfit, same look, like, when around the time they first met, not, like, after they've known each other, like, in this movie. Mm. That's what I just think is a weird starting place. Like, you have the younger actor, just explore the younger Drake stuff that was pretty cool to play through in the games. Yeah. So I was was kind of sort of right that that was the gist of some of it. Sounds like they went farther from that template than I would have expected, though. Yeah, because Drake's not even his real name. I think Morgan, right? I don't even remember. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think it's Morgan, and they just adopt Drake. Like, explore all that. Yeah. Like, you have the younger actor to do it with. I need yeah. to look it up now. That's, I think it was Morgan. That's fair. Yeah, it, it's interesting, because, like, they are... They, they definitely. I feel like they went into this knowing that they're probably not... Like, there's a good chance they don't get greenlit for a second movie. So, they. I feel like they tried to it tackle a bunch of different things versus set it up properly to do it in depth see my my guess would be the way that this like was made and came out was i wonder if like when they planned it and cast it and wrote it did they expect to having a high chance of franchising it and then they absolutely did the realities of the pandemic made them by the end go this isn't yeah gonna probably no i i I think pandemic no pandemic from the start they knew it was gonna be a franchise based on some of the wording when they started to market it they knew it was gonna be a franchise they knew there'd be another one greenlit no matter what they made or didn't make they knew they were gonna try to make a franchise but it, out of it but it didn't time. right from what i understand it did not do well enough that it's pretty much done at this point well did it even did it no even, i think it did do well. it got a oh. limited theatrical release right 
It did well internationally, no. I think. It had a full theatrical release and then went some, to some streaming thing like a month or two after. Um, um, let me it, see if I can it, get... Um, oh, no, actually, it was more than that. It came out in February, and I feel like it wasn't until like April or something, or maybe in May when it went to stream. It was on Netflix in August. Um, so the budget was $120 million estimated. Opening weekend, U.S. and Canada, $44 million. Gross U.S. and Canada, 148 million, so technically profitable. Mm-hmm. Although you're probably close to cutting it on the dead even when you add in the marketing. But right. gross worldwide, 400 million. So that's okay. quite a profitable movie, even though you know that you don't technically bring home all those worldwide dollars. But still, that's profitable. And when you consider the context, if they want to do another one, they can justify greenlighting. Okay, the thing. Uh- I feel like I I don't know what it was. I I don't unfortunately didn't pull it up. But I feel like the last thing that I read was that it was just not likely. Well, the last thing I had read was that Mark Wahlberg doesn't really want to do a sequel. That's like, fine. Of, Recast him. He's out of <laughs> I thought he was the best part. No. Nah, I, I I thought uh, he was fine. I was skeptical cuz I'm not the biggest fan of his overall. I'm very specific to the role that he's in. Sure. Um I thought he was fine for this role because it was a Mark Wahlberg type of well, role. It, it's not, though. I thought he was a horrible cast choice. I yeah. think he was only it because he was originally attached to be Drake like 20 years ago. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but, but, but Which true. is funny, though, laughing. because he could have played Drake now. Yeah. He doesn't really age. Drake. No, but if you want to make a franchise, he's a little too old. You need someone a little older than Tom Holland, I would think, but not as old as Wahlberg. Yeah. Wahlberg's in his 50s now, right? Nah, sure, but he he, he doesn't 40. look it. No, but he is it. So they should have aged him a little bit, I think, for the role that he ultimately played. Yeah, I, it, I, I it works because Holland plays so young, though, because he's still like he looks slash plays like he could be his dad. Well, that is the the idea in the games too. Like he is kind of like a father figure to him, but he's like way older. Yeah. He's like I think they're. Late sixties and mid thirties in the games. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, this obviously this gap is squashed down a bit, but like the point is, like he could kind of sort of exist as either an older brother type role or a father figure type role, depending on what specifically right. is going on. But he has an older brother. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I know spoiler. I know one of the games, right? It's like him and his brother. Yeah, that was that that annoyed me at first because there's no mention of ever having a brother until Uncharted Four. It's like, oh yeah, my brother. Hmm. Yeah, and I like I, it was like in Boy Meets World when Sean had a sister and a brother just for one episode because they needed it for the story. Like it was the same. Thing. <laughs> what a pull! Uh, obviously, this one, like getting back to the point <laughs> that you and me were making, Brian, about them planning this out is obviously like a franchise. They like the cliffhanger with the brother and then the post credit scene that they do make it very clearly they had the intention to continue this series on. We'll see whether that actually happens. I, I don't think there's any world they don't continue it. And then they, they name don't. like a character that is a villain in the first game, right? Or something like that? At the end of that post credit scene? I don't think so. I don't remember. I don't it's I don't remember like or how they, they hint at I feel like they named didn't they drop the name? They 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 dropped some name. Uh, obviously, I don't understand the re- relevance, but like how that whole meeting goes down. Like well, they mentioned some other third party that wasn't there, right? Well, in in Uncharted Four, he's in jail because of uh, 
like a botched thing, and he gets out because of I can't remember his name, some drug guy. Hmm. We should probably talk about the movie itself at this. Point. Yeah, uh, I. So again, like a young Tom Holland. I mean, Tom Holland being young annoyed me a little bit, but he ultimately, I feel like, really did play a good Drake. Like he had this sarcastic, witty humor down. Yeah, like he was pretty good. I just you have so much material to pull from. And I think Anthony mentioned like they pull for like a little bit from every game. And I don't need the fan service. I don't need him falling out of a plane. I don't need him finding the ships in the same way he did in the game. I don't need that. Just make a good Uncharted thing and, you know, bring things from the game if needed, but don't just shoehorn it in. Right. You can, you can Easter egg it. That's fine, but it doesn't have to be like, although I I did love the Nolan North. uh, That was cool. That was that was cool. <laughs> I mean, I did spend the whole movie wondering when he would show up because you had to figure he would at some point. Well, there was pictures of him on set, like you knew he was coming. Oh, I did not spend very much time with the uh, <laughs> the pre uh, the run up and the marketing to this movie. Well, I did because I didn't believe it actually existed because it there was a, so many iterations of this movie. Mm. I think Seth Rogen was attached to directing it at one point. Really? Like I said, Wahlberg was attached to Drake at one point. Uh, like there was so many iterations of this movie, I didn't believe it was really happening. That's funny. Yeah, it, it, I, I mean, ultimately though, I did enjoy I, going back to Tom Holland playing him for a second. They're like, you're right. He does. He captures a lot of the essence of the character, especially the sarcasm. Right. That's like oh, yeah. that's the key. Right. And he is great at that. So that I actually do think he that is. is a really well made decision for like casting for him to play Drake. I actually thought. Uh, Chloe was a good cast too. I feel like they didn't like you didn't like her. I thought that they played really well as like an introduction to the two characters meeting for the first time. Whereas like I feel like in the games, it's not like if I it's been a long time, but like have have don't they already have a history when they introduce her in the yes. game? So like that, I feel yeah. like that was kind of cool to see it from this angle of like and meeting for the, the first, first time. time. You meet her in the games is in the second game, and she like double crosses you sort of in the beginning, like what she does. In the movie, well, it wouldn't be an uncharted but, thing without a quadruple cross, right? Oh, there was so uh, I much don't, double crossing in this. <laughs> I just, uh, I like, I don't know if it was the way the character was written, the actress. I don't know. There's just something about Chloe I did not really gel with. Uh, I, I like the character well enough from my perspective, and I, for forgetting how historically those characters have interacted, I. I like the chemistry on screen in this, whether they would be trying to gain each other's trust, betraying that trust, et cetera, so on, and all points in between. I, I like their interplay well enough, and, and then adding in the, the little dash of spice of we occasionally have this triangle of double-crossing and triple-crossing <laughs> with Sully as well. So And then yeah. we start adding in the villains and how that all makes it entirely over the top at that point it's basically like clue at that point i think which <laughs> is the amount of I, I like think... threads crisscrossing with all of that but uh i i kind of liked some of that intrigue as cheesy as it could get the worst of it yeah i i think my issue with chloe is i just really like the chloe from the games and obviously this is a younger chloe like he's a younger drake so it's different but i think uh claudia black maybe Claudia something is the voice actor. And I just, I just, I picture just that. And I don't know. I just. Claudia Black has voiced roughly a third of all women characters in video games. <laughs> in the last 20 years, so it's entirely possible. I, 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 I want to say it's her. Um, 
And I was a little surprised there was no mention of Elena at all in this game, mm. although he is too young for to meet Elena if they're uh, if the whole timeline thing is weird. And I can't remember her name in the movie, but the mercenary that he keeps going up against like is just just name her Nadine if you're doing it. Cuz obviously like, she was supposed to be like the Nadine character. Yeah, but I don't know I don't know if it was supposed to be Nadine though because of the way the character ends up going. It was Right, which jo- was also but it, Yeah, Braddock, that's it. Um, like the whole, like the mercenary, like all, like the whole way they did it, not just her being a mercenary, like where she was, like with the company, it just seemed like that was Nadine and they Mm -hmm. just, you're right. The ending was different for what they did with Nadine. (laughs) Although Uncharted 4 doesn't end with Nadine in a great place. Mm. It's just, then they have the DLC, which became its own game where you find out what happened with Nadine. That's true. That I will say when, uh, when it's like this is our main villain of the movie for like three quarters of it, and oh like, yeah, no, it's me. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, cool, Uncharted, nice. <laughs> I didn't expect that to happen. You're talking about what happened to Antonio Banderas. Yeah, I did not expect that. I, that was a nice just shot. right when he's really starting to irritate me too, and I was like, oh, good, this is cool, this is cool. I mean, this is terrifying, but this is cool. <laughs> well, again, going yeah. back to the whole double crossing, right? Like he kills his father, and then she kills him, and obviously the father one not super surprising. The one where she killed him, I actually thought was pretty shocking. I figured he would yeah. be the main villain throughout the course of the movie. That was that was genuinely surprising to me. Um, to to try and help wrap up the thought you guys had just before uh it seems that the the best guess that's given is that the braddock character is a original character that's a cross between rafe and yeah rafe is who like i guess banderas would have kind of been ish um so uncharted this uncharted movie is most in line with uncharted 4 uh which is weird because that's when you have your characters at their oldest and this is when they're also young um, but Uncharted 4, they're looking for a pirate treasure. I think Henry Avery yeah. is the pirate they're, they're looking for. I just replayed them all. Um, I think I finished playing Lost Legacy about a month and a half ago. I replayed them all, except Golden Abyss because my beta doesn't work, but whatever. <laughs> um, and Rafe was a partner with Drake and his brother Sam. Like Rafe was kind of like the money behind it, and they were the brains behind it. And uh, when that all falls through later in life, if, like Rafe hires Nadine, who owns the company Shoreline, and she's the owner of this mercenary company. And Nadine is trying to kill Drake, Sam, Sully throughout the whole game, just like Braddock was trying to do throughout the whole movie. And they seem like they had history, too, that they don't really talk about. Like, like Braddock knew Sully. Mm. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, I, just, I feel like they should have just went for it and put Nadine. Yeah, like it, it's it's close to getting it right because I feel like they didn't know which things to actually focus on and flesh out. Like they they to your point earlier, they leaned and fell a little bit too much into the trap of what should, what do we do to make it uncharted? Like, oh, that thing from uncharted. Oh, that thing, right? Yeah. Like like you said, full, like hanging out of the airplane. Like there were so many things that were like really cool big set pieces which play out great in the game but those characters are so well defined in the games that they they were already written really well like they could have they could have done plenty with the story and they they flubbed on that aspect of it and i I do think that it was mostly because if they just didn't know 
what they, they they never fully decided what to do it seems like do we do early do we do late they did this hodgepodge thing but they picked some of the wrong pieces to put together so it, it feels a little disjointed i will say they didn't make the choice to jump the shark at the very end which i really appreciated because i always disliked that aspect of uh the uncharted games which is probably why i like four the most I mean, they were in the water. They could have jumped a shark if they wanted to. They, they could have, but uh, the shark would have had to be some sort of uh, undead zombie-like creature that takes over. Un- what you're, you're also forgetting is, although they make you think it is, Uncharted 3 is actually very grounded. It's not supernatural. That's true. That's true. So I was wondering this- if it was meant to be kind of a Lara Croft light because... Like, I didn't know, because I've never played the games, if there was a supernatural aspect to any of them. The first two are supernatural. Yeah. Um, the first one, they find El Dorado and the Spanish uh, colonies that were there are turned into, like, these weird, like, zombie things? Yeah, they're, yeah. They're like little, like, pygmy zombies. Uh, oh, no, maybe that's the second one with the zombie things. No, it's the first one where they're running, where they they're all crawling around. Yeah, yeah. Because the sec, oh no, oh no. And then the second one is uh, Shambhala. They find the tree of life, and uh, when they drink the sap, they become like this immune, like strong, monstrous thing. And there were these protectors of it that drank the sap, so they were all kind of zombied out too. Well, what was so, the yeah, third? The first one? two had that. The third one was um, that drug, like that hallucinative drug that they would shoot a dart and, and uh, make you trip. Okay, okay. So when it was all, and then um, th- it was in the water in whatever city they find in that. I forget what city it is. That's what made everyone go crazy that the water was tainted. Right. So it wasn't really supernatural. There was causes for it. Sure. And then the fourth one kind of just doesn't do any of that, <laughs> which nothing which at all. The fourth one is just a awesome. treasure hunt. I love, I love. And that. the same thing with Lost Legacy. There's, there's nothing in that. Yeah. And in Lost Legacy, you get to ride an elephant, which is cool. Yeah. Lost Legacy was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I, I think um, replaying them all. If you would ask me before I replayed them all, what is your favorite Uncharted? I probably would have told you Uncharted Three mm-hmm. because Uncharted Three. Is where you could really see The Last of Us Part One, yeah. especially with the like, hand-to-hand combat, like where Drake is using the wall, the table, like to hit people with. Um, Uncharted Three, even now playing it with all the updates, the re- like collection that they re-release, there's a lot of bugs in that game. No, uh, it was a mess. Yeah, it was a mess, and I, I'm not one to really care about that. But I, I think in my review of it, there's a screenshot of it. I am shooting a gun that is not in my hand. <laughs> like there's just even dumb things like that. Amazing. And Uncharted Four plays so well, but there's so much story to it that slows down the game, which is fine. But it was a longer thing, and then Lost Legacy takes that same exact gameplay, but it's just all action. Yeah. So I think Lost Legacy is my favorite Uncharted. Nice. The uh, and it has a cool boss fight at the end. Yeah, it did. That game was fun. Uh, yeah. going, it's like six hours. Going back to to Sully for a second, I the, my main thing that didn't work for me there is like Mark Wahlberg is fun and all, but he's always playing Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, mostly. And I like Sully a lot. Like I love that character. So like if you're gonna make the adaptation, some of the things that you do need to keep 
are the key characters of the story. Like, like they, like we said, Tom Holland played Nathan great. I, I liked what they did with Chloe. I think that she did a good job. He yeah. wasn't Sully. Like, he just wasn't him. He was Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, but I thought he was great. I thought he was the best part of the movie. Mm. Like, he had me laughing constantly. Like, the way he was fighting and still cracking jokes. Like The whole thing with the cat was is... pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had, I had um, Miles Morales flashbacks with the cat in the bag. Yeah. You think uh, he's okay? I, I just... <laughs> I think Mark Wahlberg's Sully would have been perfect if they explored what the game started with the younger versions mm-hmm. that you easily could have done. Yeah. Before he was the Victor Sullivan in Uncharted 1, mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg could have been the perfect Sully when he was younger. Yeah, that's fair. That's and fair. that's what really bothers me. Like, you want to bring parts from the game. The games set up the perfect first movie for you with the casting you did. Mm-hmm. He's, I looked it up. I was right. It's Morgan. He's Nathan Morgan. Why are they Drake's? Easy, half a movie on that, how they become Drakes. How does he meet Sully? What gets him the ring? Like, that's all great things when you have these young characters. They don't even touch great it. Great things from small beginnings. Uh, the Greatness. <laughs> uh, going into... Um... <laughs> I, 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 love, I love that ring. You have that, don't you? No, oh, I never did. So, I always wanted to get I it. Some, somebody I know has that, has that problem. Um, I love that they did. I mean, even though it was a little bit cheesy, the some of the bigger set pieces, like those things, are really fun in the game, and they don't have to focus on them too much. But like that whole helicopter thing at the end was bonkers mm-hmm. and a lot of fun. Like it was just a lot of fun to watch right from the moment where, um, I mean, you know, they they get they get they sail in or what? He takes a little boat, he goes in, finds the two ships, and one extremely big plot hole. That they then lift the ships out of, yes, uh, and then they fly around and start <laughs> like crashing into things. It was ridiculous. What, re- refresh my memory. What was the bottle? Uh, the one that they 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 flew the ships out of. Now what that is, right? When you put a big hole in there to progress the plot, so they can lift the ships out of the cave. Um, sorry, as as I've been I've been told never to react or make things because we record uh, locally. And when you said plot hole, you raised your hands, and then you just came back now and you called my name again. So I have no idea what was said, but yes. Well, the best part is no one called you. No. Best of my knowledge. But, I, uh, Anthony just said, isn't that what it's called, Brian? I think that was like an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, there, there was a hole in the roof before. Yeah. Not a ship-sized hole. Not... <laughs> Yeah, because but, they would have found the ships if there was a ship-sized hole. But there the ships was, were so hidden. But how but, are they so hidden if they're so open? There was sunlight coming through, so there was a hole. <laughs> <laughs> those, those ships in that movie would have been found by someone by accident. Yeah, later. Google Maps. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but there, I, I there, you, you were saying the there was a deleted helicopter and everything. Mm. That is from Lost Legacy. Like Chloe does that in Lost Legacy. Mm. Like so, e- there's even things from that that even didn't happen to Drake from the games that they brought in. Like, I just make it your own. Yeah. Also, make I- it the movie. Fuck the games. Anthony, there was a deleted scene in the director's cut in which, before this recording, I blew that hole up to make it bigger with some C4. Right? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Uh, I did like the set pieces, though. To your point, um, it's funny because. 
not that the end one was bad because it wasn't. It was it was good. I think by and large that's the strength of this movie. Which when you're doing a big dumb adventure action movie, it it should be the strength of the movie. But I liked that they varied them too because I liked. I love a heist. Everyone loves a heist. Oh yeah, big time. Getting a little heist montage where we're planning it, we're executing it. Are we planning it or executing the, the it? The heist was awesome. <laughs> Are we planning it or executing it? <laughs> that was fun and cool, and that, you know, a, a like the banter heist. between them was great too. Like when he tells him stop holding his ear, like yeah. like all the like everything with that scene was fun. Plus, like it was a great way to get exposition. Like that's a. I'm listening to Cinephobe so much. There are so many bad movies with bad exposition. There's good movies with good exposition. Um, you tend not to have a neutral. Either it tends to be good or bad, and that's a reflection of your movie typically. And finding ways to disguise exposition where it's like, hey, this is stuff's going on, not just we're just standing or sitting or doing a walk and talk. That's a good way to deliver exposition. Is he's, oh, hey, look, there's this person, there's that person doing quick, short, concise. It's the first page of what will become a dossier once this movie's over. Mm-hmm. I like all of that. The chase scene uh, was there going... Before you move past the, the heist scene, what I was saying where they took so much from Uncharted 4, that is from Uncharted 4. Yeah. Um, you substitute Chloe with Sam in the Uncharted 4 because the brother is there for that. But it's the same thing. Like You have to go to the electrical room and like, it was the same stuff. Yeah. But it's it's just they recycled and used the wrong parts of the games for the first movie. Well, I do think you're right that they probably took the opportunity is like, okay, if we're gonna try and do this to get an opportunity to greenlight sequels, is let's take what we think is the best things from all these movies. You're right that maybe those parts don't match up per se, but I can understand hey, if we only have one shot of this that we're guaranteed of, why not try and take the best of all of these worlds? Sure. Well it it's I just kind of came to this conclusion now thinking about it. It's real simple. And it's the same thing with The Last of Us. Um, they So they released Uncharted Legacy of Thieves, which is a collection of Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy. That's what these pull the most from around the same time as the movie. You see the movie. Oh, this is good. Let me buy the newest game. It's these two releases. So you have that parallel. Why do they remake The Last of Us? There's no fucking reason except that it's going to be an HBO show. You watch a show, oh, it's pretty good. Let me buy the newest Last of Us. It's just, now they have what they're pulling from on shelves in their newest package. Yeah, tie-ins, they're just, revert, they're just working backwards from how they used to work, right? Like where yeah. you yeah. had a movie and, oh, hey, look, by the way, here's a game that goes along with it. Do you remember when they used to sell the game at the movie theater? Yes. No, but I'm not surprised that that's a thing. We're old. Yeah. <laughs> well, I also wonder if you guys slightly more urban environment than mine. That 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 would be my guess as to also why that was how that went down. Um, Maybe back to I think probably in a vacuum, the best of the set pieces was the whole sequence on the plane, but it's oh, yeah. un- undermined slightly by having that unnecessary cold open. I yeah. Think- think it would have been more impactful if you just delivered that scene like or if you're gonna do the cold open do an even smaller sliver of that scene just have him dangling from the plane and like oh fuck and then that's it like you don't need the sequence there just give right. you a second right. that, of that that is uncharted though yeah. they do that with the exception of the first game they don't do it in the first game they do it in two three four and not Lost Legacy. So 2, 3, and 4, they do that in. Where they start with a big set piece, like half of it, 
and then it goes earlier and then you play back up to it. Yeah, I don't know. I think it robs a little bit of the emotional weight of that when you should be locked in and with the adrenaline pumping. I think you're like, okay, we're I'm just waiting for them to get back oh, wait, to that point also, now. Sorry, not Uncharted 3, just 2 and 4. <laughs> 3 doesn't do it. That's okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you, though. I, uh, that, again, like that, that's actually really fun in a video game. Because you're playing, yeah. you're playing up to that moment. But yeah, in the movie, that's a, an exciting thing that should happen when it happens. <laughs> yes. Versus like out of that's kind of like uh, the Fast and Furious movies. They put all of that fun stuff in all of the trailers, so you see everything before you go see the movie. It's like that bothers me too. Mm. But it's cool because I think they did a good job of incorporating some of the slapstick with the true blue action stuff of all these, which yeah, you know, it makes it it makes it fun, right? Mm. Um, and and I liked their whole sequence in um well actually this is an opportunity to work in a little bit of um shut down full cast because they were talking about this movie several weeks ago it was like a week after i watched it when we were supposed to have done like the first initial pass of this recording and they were talking about they weren't talking about the movie they're talking about something entirely different where i guess for whatever reason papa john's decided they're gonna try and sell pizza in italy (laughs) um or no sorry domino's domino's is closing their stores in in italy and 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 i think ryan came up with uh have the confidence of selling terrible pizza in italy (laughs) to italians and then they started talking about oh god we just watched that uncharted movie and didn't they have a papa john's in venice and i was like oh yeah that's right and i was like wait a second no that couldn't have been venice where the fuck was that? And I couldn't think of it as they're trying to figure out was it in Venice or not until ultimately it came out as, oh yeah, that was Barcelona. <laughs> that whole sequence, which culminates in a fight in a Papa John's in Barcelona, is this wasn't a Netflix movie, but that feels like Netflix algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what a ridiculous sequence that was. But on the other side, them doing like that was probably the best of the actual like. Lara Croft, Indiana Jones type of like national treasure puzzling and all that sort of stuff in like the crypts and everything. I, I liked all that stuff. Yeah, I, really I, I always love that stuff. Too. Like all those sorts of sequences, I've always. Yeah, I, I have said multiple times on Game Bites and maybe here, I, I don't remember. Uh, the best Uncharted game is the Tomb Raider reboot from uh, 2012 <laughs> until 13. I, I have said that numerous times. That is the best Uncharted game because it borrowed all the best things from Uncharted and told a great story. I think that movie missed the mark a little bit because it tried to retell the first game in a very awkward way. I liked it, but it was not great. So what are the, like, like the two of them just keep robbing each other back and forth and like Indiana Jones is just sitting off over there. Like you guys are being cute over there. We, we've been doing, I can't wait <laughs> to see what the Indiana Jones game that I know. Microsoft announced like two years ago is, but the only thing that scares me is it's machine games. Mm. Like, so it's going to be a weird shooter, and I'm not going to like it. <laughs> we'll see, I guess. Because Machine Games is um, Wolfenstein. Hmm. Oh, is it? It's going to be weird. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be weird. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Duh. All right. Anybody have any other any other notes on this one? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll make a bet if you guys want to. Oh. Uh, <laughs> 2022. Don't, don't I, let I us twist your arm. <laughs> My bet is by the end of 2025, we will have an Uncharted 2 movie. Is this the first bet that's ever been levied on this podcast? You and me have never bet anything before. No, we haven't. What is the bet for? I don't know. What are the stakes? 
What are the options? Steaks? I'm just... <laughs> did you say steaks? Yes. <laughs> no, you did. <laughs> By the end of 2025, we will have Uncharted 2. So in order to come up with literal and metaphorical steaks, if there isn't a Uncharted 2 by the end of 2025, Brian is going to buy three of us our steaks. Yeah. And if there is one by the end of 2025, me and Anthony will split the cost. Well, that depends. I guess. Do you you agree with me? Do you want to make a different term? Do you disagree? No, I'm, I'm okay with having free steak in a couple of years. Or the two or, of us subsidizing the yeah, costs of or, yeah. a third steak, yeah. No, right, we could just, we could just do it around there. Brian's birthday and call it a birthday present. <laughs> 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 My birthday's in July. <laughs> Wait, so? <laughs> so you'll I have you'll, till the end of 2020. Like either you or us will get steaks yeah. by... July and, of 2026. Then. Right, and in perfect spin fashion, we won't do it for another three years. <laughs> Hang on a second. My, my phone's over there. I'm going to put it in my calendar. I'm going to put a reminder in my calendar. Uncharted 2? Question For mark? December 31st. Uncharted 2 and or steak. Uh, uh, yeah, the, <laughs> the title of the, I, of the event is going to be Uncharted 2, and the reminder is going to be steaks? Question mark? <laughs> Drake steak until Drake Uncharted steak. 2. <laughs> this is what's going to happen. Uncharted 2 is going to be announced to be like the Christmas Day movie in 2025 and they get delayed. Oh, absolutely. Day. If that happens, we win. <laughs> no, the best, yeah, I know. The best part, no, the best part is going to be if they announce it as a summer movie of 2025 and it gets delayed till like March of 2026. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. Delayed till July of 2026. Then Brian buys us steak for his birthday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We go to a Brazilian steakhouse for this. We. Oh. I mean, I like. I've always wanted to have the Brazilian steakhouse experience, but it's been so many years since we've had our steak, and Brian's never been present for our steak. That's true. That's true. I mean, whatever. If you guys win the bet, you pick it. So that's fair. That's also fair. If 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 you win, we'll buy you Brazilian. How about we do that? If if you win, we'll buy you Brazilian steakhouse. No, we have to go to yeah. like a Brazilian no, steakhouse I, I, together. No, what did you know. think? What did you think he meant? Like well, he just said, I will buy you Brazilian steak. <laughs> the three of us will go, and me and Anthony will pay for Brazilian steakhouse for all of us. And if we win, then we go for our steak. Sure, man. Getting hungry just thinking about this. <laughs> can we have a bet that's sooner so that we can have steak sooner? Um, yeah, and I bet you that um, uh, Rainbow Six Extraction will be my game of the year. It's not oh, really. Wow. You can't really do that. You have no reason. You have no reason to tell the truth at that point. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, this has been fun. Uh, thank you all for humoring us three hours in. Uh, that's all for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to Flicks in the Six at Spintune.com. Tune in next week for more BS goodness. <laughs> what? <laughs> Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Albie Olsi. I'm not going to be here next week. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. <laughs>